2: to the spoken the spoken ladies and gentlemen here is lance twiddle
1: This is the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Starcade Media Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell and Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo,
2: yo.
1: Episode 194 Full Swing, Full Motion, man. We are so happy to be here with you guys and for you to be here with us, whether you are live streaming, whether you are podcasting, or whether you are YouTubing with us. Thank you so much for making this time to be with us in this time as we have so much across the sports landscape to break down and get to today, guys. We have so much. We we, got to talk about a lot of things, Chiefs, a lot of things, NFL. We're going to be handing out some Ls as we do every single day at the end of the show. We also have a special second consecutive special Eddie Hour where I'm assuming we're going to be talking a lot of World Cup. I'm really excited about that. Eddie, as you can tell by the jersey he's wearing today, he's rocking today Mexico, Viva Las Mexico has a lot a lot going on today with their game today with I believe Ecuador if I'm not mistaken. Argentina. Argentina. I apologize. So this is a big big event for the for Mexico, maybe an historic event for Mexico, which is ironic because Argentina was the team that Eddie initially picked to win the World Cup. So you know this is going to be a very emotional game for Eddie. We're Rooting for, his, for our guy For the na- the nation of Mexico Man, this is a big, big matchup For them as well We're probably going to talk A lot of U.S. as well What they did against England A surprising draw, if you will And now they got to go up Against Iran I believe that's Tuesday uh, There's a lot to talk about, guys Like I said, we start here First and foremost When I say thank you guys So much for everybody That's already subscribed To our YouTube channel If you've not done that yet Go ahead and hit us, hit us up on there You can follow us At the bottom of the screen You can see where all Of our social medias are at And you guys can follow us there But definitely hit the subscribe button on our youtube channel because that is where we're trying to grow this bad boy and we appreciate everybody that's already done that let's start though first and foremost with what took place on sunday night chiefs versus chargers at sofi stadium there was a lot of good vibes coming out of this game. I think that we we all talked about this in episode 193 last week about how we felt really good about this one, even though we all assume this is probably going to be a game that the Chiefs and Chargers played pretty close because that's just, that just on brand with these two teams, for especially of the last few years, where both these teams are just, no matter where they're at in the standings, no matter who's available on the field, these teams always seem to play each other so well. And the Chargers, to their credit, they can lose to any and everybody on, the, on, on their schedule. So they can come into this game 0-8, and they can come and play the Chiefs, and they'll play them tough. They'll play them hard. They'll play them with everything they got. And that's exactly what we got in this game. We saw the Chargers get back both their key star receivers in Mike Williams and Keenan Allen for this one. They knew that they were going to go in there and try to give it everything they had because if they win this game, they're only a game, game and a half outside of the Chiefs for the AFC West, and all of a sudden we're looking at this thing and we're white-knuckling it because then it becomes an actual race for the AFC West. So the Chiefs knew, and I said going into this matchup that the Chiefs also need this game, are gonna look at this game as a desperation attempt as well. It's not just gonna be the Chargers that go after this one. We see superstars across the board in LA, and we saw the great Henry Winkler, which by the way, if you've not done it yet, go ahead and check out the new Red Tribe Cinema video. What ha- what happens throughout the entire video is incredible. I mean, Clay is just the goat when it comes to splicing up these videos and making something that much, that enjoyable. But go go watch the very end and what he does with Winkler and the Mahomes connection. It's pretty incredible. But you saw Henry. Henry Winkler, a, a superstar actor, just gazing and just gawking over Patrick Mahomes on the Rich Eisen show and then going on the sidelines and talking to Patrick. You see Travis Kelsey wearing the Fonzie shirt. Like There was just a lot of good vibes. You saw the place just littered in red. You saw that whole stadium just filled with red. You saw the videos and when they did the home of the Chiefs and it was just loud as if it was Arrowhead Stadium. And so you knew the Chiefs were feeling good about this one. But to the Chargers' credit, they played this game very tight and they played this game very well. I felt like they had multiple opportunities to win this game. And actually, what I want to do is I want to start Tarantino style today. We start at the end and kind of work our way through the beginning to the middle to back to where we started at the end. And this is where I think this game of any game this season, even though the Chiefs have had massive blowouts and super impressive victories, you know, great high-octane offense in, in big games against teams like the Bucks and the 49ers, the Cardinals, I think this game of all showed the greatness of what Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey truly are as individuals and as a duo. I think this game showed us that Patrick Mahomes has ran away with the MVP. And I think that Travis Kelsey, the more and more I think about it, and I'm going to break this down in a second, has really put himself in strong consideration as the offensive player of the year. So, I like to call it the goat-to-goat goat connection. I like to call it that because I think these are the two best players to ever play their positions, and I stand by that firmly. Um, it was on full display and for the second consecutive time at SoFi. We know how the, la- the game last season, deep in the, the last season, ended with Travis Kelsey on the dragger out, scores a touchdown, to walk-off. It's the same exact play, and it ends the same exact way for the Chiefs at SoFi Stadium in a closeout victory against the Chargers. This season... Check, think about how insane these numbers are. When when targeting Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes has a one thirty eight quarterback rating this year. Not only is that the best in the NFL this season, it's the best for any quarterback to any receiver play receiving player in the NFL in a decade since twenty twelve. Tom Brady to Rob Gronkowski. When the Chargers went up twenty seven to twenty three, with one minute forty six remaining, all I personally could think about was the Chargers just fucked up. Now, I know it's easy to say that with revisionist history, oh, I know how the game ends. But, Trevor, you and I watched this game together. When they scored that touchdown, did either one of us flinch?
0: Nope.
1: Not one single bit.
0: We were pissed because we don't like being scored on. But yeah, 100%. We but the scared. first
1: thing I did when I saw that touchdown, and I saw, uh, I forget, was it Everett that was in the end zone doing the little meditation thing? Was it, no, it was uh, Palmer. Pa- thank you, Palmer. When he was in the end zone, he was doing the little meditation yeah. thing. I'm like, they just fucked up. Yep. They could have ran some more clock down and make this thing that much more stressful for the Chiefs. Chiefs did have multiple t- uh, timeouts. I think they had all three timeouts left. But – the fact is they left way too much time on the clock for Patrick Mahomes. They left far too much time on him for do what he does best, which is hand AFC West teams L's. In the Mahomes era, the Chiefs are not only, not only now 24-3 versus the AFC West, they are 14-0 on the road versus AFC West teams. Within a matter of three months... We went from the narrative being the AFC West is the most stacked division in the history of the NFL. Literally, that, that is a line dropped on several shows on in the national media, too. It's Thanksgiving, and the Chiefs have already wrapped up the AFC West. This thing is done. Not Maybe not mathematically, but this is done. The Chiefs now have a four-game lead with seven games to go. This is done. And, of course... As we all assumed, now Mike Williams is out this week against the Cardinals when he tried to conjure up some voodoo to get get, get into this game. And I think he played like 10 snaps. Chargers keep rushing the guys back. Yeah, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams have played only 46 snaps this season out of like 680 offensive snaps. It's un- unbelievable how banged up this team has been this year. But this is the way. This is what happens every single season. Which again which I talk about, this final drive and this game as a whole is why Patrick Mahomes, in my eyes, has locked up the MVP. He would have to play Josh Allen-esque over the next five, six games to him to lose this MVP race. Um, and, and again, it's crazy to me like how we don't pay attention enough to it because I felt like there was so much attention about losing Tyreek Hill to now seeing Patrick Mahomes lead the league in yards by substantial margin. Lead the league lead the league in touchdowns by a substantial margin. Without not only Tyreek Hill, but in this game, did what he did. Without Juju Smith-Schuster, McCole Harmon, and Kadarius Toney. Literally did nothing and only played I think a quarter and a half. Yeah, in the fourth so he's down three pivotal receivers. To the point they were relying on a guy like Sky Moore that we're going to talk about in just a second. And Patrick Mahomes still put up over 330 yards and three touchdowns, completing over uh, 59, 60% of his passes. That wasn't great. But the dude had over 100 quarterback rating in this game without those guys. Mm -hmm. He locked up the MVP vote. And the reason why, again, I said that Travis Kelsey, in my mind, is making a strong, strong conversation and case for himself as the Offensive Player of the Year this year, may not get it, but he's making a case, is the fact that also losing Tyreek Hill should have hurt him as well. Because now defenses can gauge on him and focus even more so on him and say, look, they don't have that, that burner out here, this, that, that transcendent wide receiver and Tyreek Hill on the other side. Let's just focus on Travis Kelsey and let everybody else beat them. Well, Travis Kelsey's leading the leading touchdowns right now. In fact, with seven games to go, he's already tied his career high in touchdowns for a single season with 11. And he's on pace for almost 1,500 receiving yards and 119 receptions. And again, that also should play into the fact of how difficult it's been for Travis Kelsey, knowing there's all these new pieces around him. He knows he's the ki- the catalyst to every single game, every single matchup, and he's still putting them crazy numbers like that. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, 8 of his 8 of his uh, 11 touchdowns this season have come against AFC West opponents. And they haven't even played the Broncos yet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, Think about how insane that four is. Of them against in the Raiders one Raiders game <laughs> so yeah.
1: And here's the thing about this tandem real quick and we're going to move on. I don't know how long this is going to last because Travis is 33, so he's probably got maybe two to three more really good years left at best. All I do know is I'm going to enjoy this thing as long as as it exists, as long as it stays together because I think, in my opinion, guys, at their apex, at their best, I don't know if there's ever been a better duo. And I don't say that lightly because there have been some great duos. We saw Randy Moss and Tom Brady for that one year. We saw Tom Brady and Gronk. We saw uh, 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 Jerry Rice and Joe Montana. Jerry Rice and Steve Young. Marvin Harrison, Peyton Manning, we've seen some great, great duos. But I don't know if there's been a better overall duo and the in the in the sample size and the and and what we've seen from Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey as a duo over the last four or five years. I don't know if we've seen a better duo. And I would love to have that conversation another time. But that's I wanted to take that off the top and just talk about the ending and how this game ended. But you guys remember our key players last week how we talked about how you know we have two guys every single week that we want to talk about specifically that will play a key point in this game. My my one of my guys was out of left field but it was Harrison Butker. I said he needs to be nails in this game because we knew it was going to be probably a tight game. And he needs to go out there and be nails. And if he's nails, the Chiefs are going to win this game. It was a three-point victory. Harrison Butker went 3-for-3 in field goals and 3-for-3 in PATs. This is about as clutch as he comes. And for some reason, he is so nails at SoFi Stadium. We remember the first Justin Herbert game in 2020. He hit three straight 58-yard field goals because they took two timeouts back-to-back and they nailed the other one. It looked even better than the other two. There's something about how he plays. And, again, this is why I don't give up on Harrison Butker because he will do this where he will miss chip shots. You're like, how the fuck? does he miss these but then he'll go out there and sink a 58 yarder he had a i think it was a 52 yarder in this game so this is why harrison butker is who he is and this is why the chiefs still believe in him we saw this in the bills game in the divisional round last year cold as fuck It's 14 degrees outside and he sinks a 55 yard field goal with precision that is why he was my key player of the game and I'm, i appreciate what he did something else that we need to talk about guys is steve spagnuolo and what he's done with this defense now you could talk about Joe Cullen being the defensive line coach that came over from Jacksonville. He's made a massive impact this year. And I think that should not shock anybody. We talked about this before the season as to why I was very confident in this nucleus getting back to where they were in 2018 and 2019 as a defense that can get to the quarterback. And they did. They've done just that. In fact, guys, I don't know if you saw the stat I posted yesterday, but they're through 10 games this season. The Chiefs have 32 sacks, which is fourth best in the league, right? Last season and through 17 games, the Chiefs had 31 sacks. So, they've already eclipsed last year's sack total. And people thought they, they got worse at, def, at the edge rush. They got worse at defensive line. Chris Jones is arguably the defensive player of the year so far. He's going to have 13, 15 sacks this season. He might get to his 2018 total that he had at 15 and a half. And it's not even him. Look at Mike Dana. Mike Dana has seven and a half career sacks for them or against Justin Herbert in his career. He is Justin Herbert's father. Like it's amazing what he's done against they in these big AFC sons. West. Yes, they are. Our sons. <laughs> but you got to give Joe Cohen a lot of credit for, like I said, for what he's done. But Spags deserves so much credit for making those necessary adjustments. To, to, to get the most out of this very young and inexperienced defense because we talked about it, about losing Tyre, Tyron Matthew, losing Dan Sorensen, Ben Neiman, all these guys that Spags was comfortable with, and then interchanging them with these young rookie guys, and look how much it's, 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 the stats don't look great, but when it comes to the sack totals, quarterback pressures, knockdowns, hurries, you see across the board the Chiefs are in the top ten. And, that's, and I have to give Spags a ton of credit for that. And the, that actually one I want to move to with my, uh, my defensive player this game that I really want to give a lot of credit to is Nick Bolton. The man had 14 combined tackles in this game, 10 solo, and is now fourth in the league in tackles. Think about that. Nick Bolton going from the best rookie tackler last season, leading all rookies in tackles, to now being one of the five best tacklers in the entire league. It's unbelievable how he is quickly becoming one of the three, maybe even one of the two best draft picks that Brett Veach has ever had to this point. Like Trimmy Duffy, Karloftis, they're showing a lot of promise. They might end up taking that spot. But when Nick bolt He is a surefire tackler. Every time you see him in open space, a, a, a receiver gets a little dump off, or a running back gets a little dump off. You see Nick Bolton, you know it's over. You know he's bringing him down, and that's exactly what he does each and every time. And not to mention, had the game sealing interception in this game. Mm-hmm. Clutch plays across the board from Nick Bolton, man. Willie Gay, big time sack on that delay blitz. Like these linebackers are clicking and are everything the Chiefs have needed for years. Like we love DJ. Derrick Johnson was the best, li- the best in Chiefs history, but we, we, you saw the limitations as he got older. He was not able to do the. Things that Nick Bolton and Willie Gay are now doing with their physical peaks in their early 20s. Duo. It's unbelievable yeah. what they're doing man And that has been a massive massive difference and it's made it a lot easier for Chris Jones who sometimes is on, on, on an island when guys like Mike Dana go down or turk, turk Wharton go down and on the for the for the the cornerbacks When these young guys are still learning their way into this league Having guys in the middle of the field that can sure things up makes it easier for everybody It's so complimentary what, what they're doing and let's go to the offensive side real quick with Isaiah Pacheco this is, you know, a guy that Trevor and I, Eddie, I know you've been, we've all been big on this kid, and I said by week eleven he's going to be the running back one, and that's exactly what he did by week eleven, and he had his biggest game of his career to this point. In fact, he became the first one hundred yard rusher for the Chiefs since week four of last season against the Eagles. So he made himself, and we talked about this, the Chiefs needed to establish the run game in this one. And I talked about Clyde Edwards-Lair was going to be my guy. Unfortunately, Clyde has another injury, and we can talk about that later in the show if we want to. But Clyde has a high ankle sprain. He's probably going to miss four to six weeks, which is why Rojo is probably going to get called up, which I've been calling for for a long time. I didn't think it was going to be for circumstances like this. But Isaiah Pacheco made a statement in this game, man, that he is the running back one for this team. He is a a guy worthy of these snaps. He's not scared of the moment. The moment's never too big for him. And he has the athletic attributes to make big plays. I saw a lot of film study guys on Twitter all week talking about his quick feet and his burst and his twitch that makes Isaiah Pacheco stand out. And you can tell the development. He's already ahead of the game. A seventh-round running back should not be this good already. Given the limited amount of snaps he's been given, to play the way he's playing right now, that is high praise to the Chiefs coaching staff. We know that they don't like to run the ball as much here in Kansas City. It's an air-raid offense, essentially. But what Isaiah Pacheco is doing in this offense on the ground game is going to make things so much easier for Patrick Mahomes. Because now we know that defenses are going to have to respect what Isaiah Pacheco brings to the equation every single week. That is high praise. This is the kind of game, guys, that I think can really burst him out and say... I've already done this. I've already been a 100-yard running back. I have that now on my belt. That confidence is there. The offensive line and him have that chemistry going. And we all know that those offensive linemen love to go up and push forward. They don't like to you know, protect passes all the time. They look forward to those types of plays. And this offense is built, ironically, to do so. And that's why you saw the results of Isaiah Pacheco doing what he does. And when it comes to Sky Moore... You know, I felt special. I I, I felt special about this kid. I said, I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Sky Moore is going to show the league what he's made of. I think, unfortunately, the special teams' blunders early in the season really put a dark cloud over him, and it's followed him all season about what he actually is, which is supposed to be a good wide receiver. And he is a good wide receiver. They just not, you've not seen the opportunities really show forth. Not really, he's not really been able to give that opportunity. Well, this time, this week, he got that opportunity. Again, Juju out call out. Kadarius Tony gets down with gets gets hurt with the injury with a hamstring. Skymore steps up, gets five receptions for 63 yards. In fact, I think he converted two big third downs. That one where he was like the Julian Edelman yeah. play, where he's right on the ground, he somehow sucks that thing in. Man, big big time play Skymore. The moment's not too big for him either. And this is what I love about these rookie players that the Chiefs got in this draft. We talked about this. I was like, these guys are all about ball. The moments aren't too big for these guys. Sky Moore, Isaiah Pacheco wanting to prove themselves as NFL players early and often in their careers. Both of these guys were key catalysts to the Chiefs winning this game. Sky Moore created separation with ease. You saw how many times Patrick Mahomes saw him in the spots that he wanted him in, that zone coverage or man coverage when the motions were going. All of a sudden, Sky Moore is becoming a pivotal part of this offense. I'm telling you guys, if he plays this way for the rest of this season, the Chiefs are going to have the most unstoppable offense in the NFL because, again, to backtrack, was Isaiah Pacheco doing what he's doing? And I, my belief in Rojo once he comes up, I'm telling you, this, this there's not going to be a weakness in this offense at all. Look across the board. You have young, uh, hungry guys around Travis Kelsey, this veteran goat tied in with Patrick Mahomes to choose, pick and choose who he wants to throw to. It's going to be unstoppable, guys. So all in all, I wanted to talk about the positives here and bring up all the positives here because you, Chiefs fans better be feeling good about this team moving forward, man. I know being eight and two, obviously you're going to feel good about things. But it's the fact that the Chiefs are starting to play better football as the season goes on, winning their 25th straight game in November and December. That's wild. Things are just getting better, guys. Like I don't want to sound overly excited here, but it's hard not to be. Because you look at the rest of the schedule, and you look at what the Chiefs did in this game when the Chargers had to win this game. And when th- that little amount of time left, you knew the Chiefs, everybody knew the Chiefs are going to win the game everybody knew it that's why i didn't get i didn't get scared i didn't get nervous i was like all right go win it patrick you got this game because you own teams like the chargers and that is why you're seeing the chiefs yet again at the top of the afc west and yet again at the top of the afc contributors like this across the board you have a, a, a what is this travis kelsey's 10th season 11th season in the league and then you have rookies like sky moore and isaiah pacheco playing at the level they're playing, that is leadership from the coaching staff, that is leadership from Patrick Mahomes, that is leadership from Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones to get these guys ready for the big moments like this. And they lived up to it. I couldn't be more happy about it, man. I I know Kadarius Tony is going to be struggling with this hamstring. I've talked to guys like Shaggy Shane and other people, and I, I think it's best that the Chiefs just kind of let him rest for the next couple of weeks and get that hamstring right. Because of guys like Sky Moore who are emerging, because of the fact that Juju's now back, you don't have to push him back out there and try to get him. Get him ready for the postseason because you want that little X factor out there because the kid's special. But as I talked about going into the trade, my concern is his injury problems, and, and the hamstring has been a legitimate problem, and now he's going to miss his 13th game in just a year and a half in the league. So let him rest, let him get ready, and let him become that contributor again because I think if he stays healthy, guys, Kadarius Toney is going to be a special, a nice gadgety, twitchy, good wide receiver that can extend plays with big playmaking ability. But all in all, despite that injury, despite some of the things that I felt that the Chiefs could have done better, like the 3rd and 18 call, Holy Christ, Spags, can you quit doing single high safeties on third and longs? Please, for Christ's sake, do cover two. Regardless of all those things, I saw a lot of great things in this game, and I was very appreciative of what the Chiefs did out there and making things, just taking over the AFC, like I said, Patrick was taking over the MVP conversation. I think it's dead. It's it's over with. Um, but I would love to hear what you guys thought about this one. What was your overall takeaway
0: on this one, Trevor? I mean, this was a, this was a big game, and it was a big game with us being very short-handed. So uh, I mean, this was a, a big game and a big opportunity for some guys that, that you know that had a chance. He had to prove himself, um, and I, I saw nothing but guys on both sides of the ball proving themselves. Uh, My Dana stepping up, you know. Willie Gay's uh, sack, Chris Jones' dominance continues, uh, um, and then yeah, like you said, Sky Moore. Uh, I have believed in the kid since day one. I know he has that ability, and his his ability to uh, create separation and beat guys off the line of scrimmage for a rookie is extremely impressive. Um, and his hands um are exceptional uh and you know i think this is this is a great catalyst or a great launching pad moment for his career because uh, i believe he is a part of the, a massive part of the future plan for this chief's offense um you know for our future plans with this offense as far as wide receivers go and the production of this offense uh, so it was really good to see that good, it's good to see him perform um in big moments converting a couple big uh, first downs on some drives um You know, late in the game, that was a big third down conversion on that drive there. So seeing that, seeing Isaiah Pacheco, who I've called the best runner on this team since the beginning of the season, um, I I just believe in his his style of running. I think his style of running fits this offense. What we need is like as a a thunder to the lightning, a lightning to the thunder of of our passing game. Um, I would like to see him even getting more involved in the passing game as well. I think he could be deadly in that also. Um, He's just deadly in, 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 um, you know, open field and open space with his speed and his, his size and his ability to run through people um so that was impressive i really wanted to get him a touchdown i wanted him to complete that 100 yard day with a a touchdown of some sort whether receiving or rushing i just wanted to give him that day but he played so well um granted that defense is terrible against the run so that was a perfect opportunity for him to get that uh, that notch so i'm glad to see us get another you know 100 yard rusher hate seeing clyde go down because i felt like i felt like they were starting to implement him in the game plan a little bit in the past game and uh, uh getting him some run there um he unfortunately he went down um looks like he might be he might miss the rest of the regular season if i'm being honest we might save him for the postseason as well um but overall man i was just, this is an impressive team victory here because we were sh- very short-handed uh you know any team any team goes into a game without their wide receiver one two and three and you go out there and you win a, a massive divisional game you know and you throw uh a, a, you know Three, four. You score three, four times. Like that's that's impressive. No matter what team you are, you know, let alone the Chiefs in a divisional game against a team that plays as well every single time, keeps things close every single time against another, you know, possibly elite talent and quarterback that you're facing there. Um, but we just continue. Andy Reid just continues to flex on this team, on these on these divisional teams, and the, especially in the the months of. November, and December, we just don't lose divisional games. We just don't lose games. Period, man. This is not what we do. Patrick Mahomes just refuses to lose to division, uh, divisional foes, um, and you know the dominance just continues, man. That that was the word that kept coming to my mind. It's just dominance. It's, this is there's never been an, an instance like this in football and in, in, in the NFL history where one team dominates the division this much. It's just, I mean, we're this is what this is just it's something that's unprecedented. What Patrick Mahomes is continuing to do to these guys. And then uh, with all the money put into all these other div- these divisional teams uh, to try to stop us, and it's, it doesn't even matter, man. Yeah. It's you start to feel bad a little bit. <laughs> these teams is like, man, like I couldn't imagine being a Broncos fan or a Chargers fan or a Raiders fan, and seeing these teams just continue to fail, and you know, and see our team spend these money, spend all this money, and get all these free agent acquisitions and high draft picks, and you know, all this energy put into this just to have the same result. <laughs> that's got to suck so bad. And I, I feel them sometimes, man, but it's but bad guy. It's good to be on the other <laughs> side of it, man. It's good to be on the top. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was, just, I mean, it was just impressive to see all these other guys, all these other names in these jerseys step up Watson, making some catches, um, the linebackers, like you said, man, Bolton, this that guy is just an absolute animal. Um, since day one, that guy has just done nothing but get better and better, and better every week. It seems, um, that dude's just playing like a future Hall of Famer already. I mean, that guy is all pro in my mind, um, and I'm excited to see him grow. But Chris Jones, I, I think he's arguably the defensive player of the year right now. Um, I know he's got a, There's a couple other guys with some pretty, um, you know, impressive stat stat lines this year so far. But what he's done, even if he's not getting the sacks, the what he's doing just to disrupt the offensive lines right. these, these these opposing teams is just so impressive. I mean, it's nonstop. Every snap you have seen Chris Jones is involved in something. Um. So, yeah, a dominance all the way around. I mean, I know it was a closer game that we would have liked. Um, there were some blunders there. Some, like you said, with Spags, you know, putting guys in single coverage, and sometimes it's just situational football defensively. Sometimes it's still kind of iffy yeah. at moments. But overall, I couldn't be more impressed with the inexperience of these young, this young secondaries as, as good as they're playing right now. I and mean, that's only going to get better and better as the year goes on, uh, heading into the postseason. So, Patrick Mahomes did what he does. Travis Kelsey once again. Walk off fashion against the Chargers. I mean, it's you couldn't you couldn't ride it any better, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right, I mean, there's n- nothing much more than a flex for Andy Reid to call the same play, had the same play drawn up to win, uh, down the stretch in the final drive against the Chargers with the same exact play to the same exact player. That's 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 hard to swallow if you're a Chargers fan or a Chargers player. So, um, hell of a game though, man. I mean, these guys always find a way to keep it tight, competitive. Uh, they were shorthanded as well, so respect. Um, yeah, overall, just a great divisional game. Um, happy we came out with a victory.
2: Man, you, <clears throat> man, you guys said everything. Uh, but what I took out of this game is, is this offense, what this offense can do, even with uh, your top weapons being out, uh, especially going out during the game as well, with Clyde going out and then Cordarius, Tony, your number one weapon that, that game, uh, your number one receiver in that game uh, going down. Uh so having to rely on Travis Kelsey and a bunch of rookies and and obviously inexperienced players, pretty much with uh, Watson, Fortson, it, it, it was it was it was amazing just watching Patrick Holmes do the same thing he does with those kinds of those kind of players. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those, those players that might not be the greatest players out there, but but man, he makes it look great out there. Uh, so That's what the greats yeah. do,
0: man. There's no panic.
2: Yeah. So that. Just, just seeing Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, getting it done, being able to be himself, even with uh, injuries and and and, and whatever. Uh, and then I'm also happy that we get Pacheco the ball. You know, it was time. Uh, I've said it for the past two weeks: is like if we we name Pacheco the starter, let's make sure he gets the the, the snaps. You know, Maybe, yeah. let's make sure he gets the plays, and it finally happened. Yes, it's one of the worst defenses in the uh, – the run defenses in the league. But this was one of those games where you can get Pacheco going. You know what I mean? Like, uh, if you get Pacheco like the 100 yards like he did, <clears throat> this can only motivate him for the next game and for the next game. Especially now that you're you're in the home stretch leading into the playoffs. Yeah. This is where you want your players to start getting hot, hot, hot. And, and I think that game was just perfect for Pacheco. And I think moving forward – it could be that, that that game changer for Pacheco and for the Chiefs, <clears throat> utilizing him more in the run game, helping Patrick Mahomes not have to throw the ball fifty times, sixty times a game. So, uh, and then obviously have the defense to adjust throughout the throughout the whole game. So that could, that only makes our our offense even that more deadly, uh, <clears throat> defensive wise. Chris Jones was sensational uh just putting the pressure on Justin Herbert uh you know make sure he he, he didn't he didn't do those magical plays that he sometimes does uh Keenan Allen man you can't you can't you can't stop that guy that guy's insane uh he definitely definitely made the Chargers offense look way better than what it is uh obviously with him being gone Mike Williams being gone uh obviously the uh the Chargers' offense was struggling, but with Keenan Allen, just that one player, it's crazy how he can change an entire team. Yeah, He's an entire player, team man. offense. Yeah. So that that that's a transcendent talent right there. Uh, but our defense held it together, you know. Uh, yeah, he got his catches and all that stuff, but the the defense still held it to where it wasn't too much. We weren't giving up uh, way too much. Uh, and towards the end of the game, you know, I think we, I think we. I think we purposely let the Chargers score that, that, that touchdown to go ahead because we knew we had the time. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, just let him in. Don't let him waste the time. Just let him in, yeah. and uh, we'll we'll let Patrick Mahomes work. I was a little scared there at the the the, the last drive with Patrick Mahomes. It was the uh, holding call that saved us on that one because if not, it would have been like 4th and 10 or so 4th or and 8, I think, because uh, I think uh, Travis Kelsey missed the missed, uh, – I don't know who he threw it to, but they missed the catch. Uh, but the, then we got the holding call. So we got a little break there, which I'm thankful for. And then Patrick Moses did his thing. We deserve those every
0: once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: but what I love after the game, uh, they interviewed Chris Jones. And uh, they asked him, was like, what's changing your game? You know, because you get into the quarterback a lot more. And you're actually, you know, being able to sack the quarterback now uh, more, than, more than last season actually able to finish the plays. Mm. And I love what he said. He was like, you know, uh the, it's like it, it all goes back to the to the Bengals game where I missed two, three sacks and we lost the game. We got our asses kicked. It's like so I made it I made it a job like, like I made it a job of mine to correct those issues mm. and actually go and finish the plays. Yeah. So I love how that's still living in Chris Jones in Chris Jones' mind because that not m- only makes him hungry. It's accountability. Yeah. Man. It makes him hungry. It makes it makes me realize that what we saw of Chris Jones in that last game, he saw. Yeah. So he took account like Trevor said, accountability. I love that when players take it's accountability. Leadership, man. Yeah. So hearing Chris Jones say that, hearing Chris Jones bring up the Bengals game, I'm like, this team this team can only be stopped by, the, by by the by themselves, kind of like it was last year. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy how, how, how things went this and, game. And to
1: your point about the defense and holding themselves accountable, even in games where the statistically they don't look great, um, they still make big plays and big moments like Chris Jones has done throughout the season. Um, and Trevor's point about how he should have like 11 or 12 sacks right now if they didn't call that more bullshit with more Derek fumbles, Carr. Fumbles. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot more that he should have attributed to his individual numbers. But to the defense, like I heard my guys uh, Jack Johnson and um, Blake Schneiders on 8-10 – a couple nights ago and they were talking to Nick Lowry, the the former great Chiefs kicker. Uh, I think he's still all time leading points getter for the Chiefs. He was talking about how the he has a concern about this team moving forward. It's the pass defense. And I know we've talked about that too. But but even to their to I'm gonna defend them for a second because I, I did the numbers while I was listening to their show and I sent this to Blake for them to discuss on the show. You know, the Chiefs have given up the second most passing touchdowns this season with twenty one. But eight of those 21 passing touchdowns came when the Chiefs were up double digits. So it's not like in big, crucial moments they're just giving up touchdowns left and right. Because if you bring those eight off, they're actually in the bottom 12 in passing touchdowns allowed. So, of course, you're going to give up touchdowns in garbage time. That's going to happen. We saw Tom Brady throw three against the Chiefs in garbage time. We saw Kyler Murray throw two in in garbage time. You saw Justin Herbert in Week Two's matchup, down 10 with a minute to go, throw a touchdown. So it's there's context to these these numbers. So I don't want to sit here and bash this defense for giving up passing touchdowns at the clip that they are. When they the, most of these touchdowns haven't mattered, a large percentage of them have not mattered. Almost fifty percent of them have not mattered.
0: It's on loose, just defensive schemes. You're playing right. loose towards the end of those games. And
1: think about think about the greatness of what the Chiefs are, guys. Like this is supposed to be that quote unquote down year, right? Because the Chiefs have all these new pieces sprinkled across the board. The Chiefs are now thirty-seven and fifteen in the Mahomes era when they give up hundred plus rushing yards, and four of the, five of those victories, I'm sorry, have taken place this season. Five, five of those 30, thirty-seven victories, and he's been playing since 2018. So a lot of the Chiefs are resilient, is what I'm saying. And, and look at Patrick Mahomes' numbers real quick, and then we're gonna move to the Eddie Hour. Um, I put this stat out here three days ago. The number of different players Patrick Mahomes has thrown a touchdown to per season. In 2018, he threw to 12 different players. In 2019, he threw to 9. 2020, threw to 10. 2021, he threw to 11. And just through 10 games this season, he already has 10. There are 10 different guys on this team that have caught a touchdown from Patrick Mahomes. So think about the versatility this offense has. Think about the resilience the defense has and the team as a whole. Like, I guys, I really do think that at the end of this season, we can look back and say, this may have been the most impressive season the Chiefs have had as a collective in the Andy Reid era. Because 2020, that team should have won the Super Bowl. Yeah. That offensive line, their their, their health problems oh, just fine. totally destroyed that chance. That was the best team in the NFL. and It wasn't
0: close. And they are facing the best. Kudos to them. The best yes. defensive line, arguably the best defensive football. But that we saw we too.
1: saw what that what that Chiefs offense did to that Bucks defense when they had just one healthy tackle. Yeah. Yeah. When Eric Fisher was there, they blew the doors off those guys for three and a half quarters. Okay. So. That 2020 team was the team that I thought, oh my God, they should have won the Super Bowl. This is that team now, this season, where I'm like, oh my God, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Because to me, this is a better team than even 2020 was. Because 2020 was fun as hell. They had all these electric plays. Tyreek Hill was playing out of his mind. He had to get 15 touchdowns that season. This defense is so much better this season than it was in 2020. And I think this offense is even better than it was in 2020. As fun and as electric as it was last season, two years ago, this offense is clicking on all cylinders, and there are eight, nine, ten different guys that are playing rules. Like, think how insane that is. Just a year ago, it was Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and every once in a while you'll get a you know Byron Pringle touchdown. Every once in a while you'll get a Jody Fortson touchdown before he got injured. Now it's... No, there's Travis Kelsey. He got his numbers, but there's also six other guys that got multiple receptions. Yeah. Like it's just,
0: it's so much different, but it's just as scary, if not scarier. Well, through the first four or five weeks, we didn't have a wide receiver score on touchdown, at like the, like outside of Watson, I think. So right. Early on the year, it was like. Running backs catching both you know, Clyde catching touchdowns. <laughs> right. Tight ends catching touchdowns. It was like spreading the ball around everybody other than the receivers. And the receivers started racking them up. So yeah. It's a
1: it's a, it's a good time to be a Chiefs fan. That's all I'm gonna say, guys. Enjoy this because this 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 season's only gonna get more fun if you ask me. All right, let's get to the Eddie area, man. I'm I'm really excited to hear what Eddie's got. I know last week we we really dive deep, dove dove deep into the uh, FIFA World Cup before it started. Eddie, we've seen a lot of come and go, man. Uh, how, how do you yeah. see things going? Nevertheless, I don't want to take away from you. What's going on in the Eddie Hour this week, my man?
2: All right, man. Obviously, we've we've had uh, all the groups uh, play their first match, uh, and now we're going into their second match out of three, and then out of three, two in each group qualified to the next round, which is the known as the knockout stage, kind of like the playoffs. Uh, then they play to one game, and obviously, till you get the one champion. So, uh. Within the first within the first couple of days, uh, we had uh, obviously Qatar. One of the uh, Qatar being the host of of the World Cup this year, it is arguably uh, in contention for being the worst host country to play in a tournament in the World Cup. Good job, Qatar. Uh, so that's out there. <laughs> uh, obviously, we had the USA versus Wales. That was a great game. It was. Uh, the U.S. should have won that game, yeah. uh, but but they decided not to. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it it came down to the wire, but that was that that should have been a USA uh, should have been a USA win. Uh, they got one point out of it. Uh, crucial, crucial. Uh, PK. I mean, yeah, nice. but it, it's just crucial for them to find somebody that can finish plays. Mm. Uh the US is struggling with uh finishing a play. Yes they get the shots on goal, they, sh- they get the shots on target, but they can't they can't find that that finisher that closer. can uh, that closer that that can uh score the goal, that can find the net, mm. which is what they really need and that's what they're really struggling in uh with. And then obviously people relying on Christian Pulisic. I love Christian Pulisic, but he is not what people want him to be uh he's not there yet uh i mean he's only like 22 23 years old he's Mm -hmm. probably younger than that uh so he's still young Uh, a lot
0: of this this whole team's yeah Yeah, you you gotta give him a little bit of time like i
2: said this team's a little bit too young uh and the, the amount of pressure being uh you know put on on these guys is it's a lot yeah uh so, yeah, that was uh, we uh, match one. Then, obviously, we had a, a few upsets, major upsets, mm. with uh, Saudi Arabia beating Argentina. I think that was uh, a historical upset. Uh, I don't think Saudi Arabia has ever won a World Cup match up until uh, against Argentina, which is insane That's on like its crazy. own. Uh, it is insane. Uh, congrats to Saudi Arabia, man, because they came out second half, and they were like, you know what? We don't give a fuck that it's Argentina. We're we're gonna go at it. And they lose. did. and they did, and uh, they scored the first goal to tie it up. And Argentina looked shocked. Look, uh, they looked shocked. Uh, they didn't know how to respond. And a couple minutes went by. Saudi Arabia scores the second because Argentina was still in shock that like what just happened. <laughs> and now they're now they see themselves down two one. And remember, I said it last week, I said that if Argentina finds themselves down or losing a game in the group stage, the amount of pressure that is going to go on Argentina, it's going to make them crumble. Yeah. Because I was like, they can handle the pressure when they're winning, but when they lose, I think this team is just going to crumble. And that happened exactly how I predicted it, that once they went down, Argentina did not know how to respond. They tried, they tried, they tried, but they couldn't finish. They they just the first half Argentina dominated the game they could have went up 4-0 yeah. obviously three goals uh, were uh, were ruled off because of offsides but Argentina was dominating the game second half once Saudi Arabia scored that goal the pressure like I don't know if the pressure got to the players but they became a, a totally different country that we've never seen before that was the first loss of Argentina in over 30 something games I think it was like thirty six. Yeah. It was a like thirty six unbeaten streak. And they lose in the World Cup, the biggest stage uh they in the world. They you don't want to lose it. Mm-hmm. Uh that that was an insane loss and now pretty much their faith is uh to today at one o'clock, uh we'll see what their fate is. <laughs> they lose their out, they tie, they might have a chance, but it's a must win for them today. Uh then the other upset we have was uh, Japan over Germany. Uh, I don't want to say like it's a super super crazy historical upset. It is an upset because Japan obviously is a, a, a less of a talented team as Germany is. Germany is obviously a World Cup champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe is four time World Cup champions. So then losing to Japan, it was a little bit shocking, surprising, but. It doesn't. It didn't surprise me as much because of how Germany has been playing since the last World Cup. The last World Cup, they got eliminated in the group stage, same uh, the same way they lost to Mexico, uh, shocking defeat. Nobody saw Mexico defeat in Germany, but it's like their 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 style of play is, is starting to get a little bit outdated. They they need to adjust to to the new style of play and J- Japan took advantage of that and and they ended up beating them. Uh, and then obviously you got the spain versus costa rica spain dominated the entire game beat them 7-0 costa rica just went there to you know just to show show up for the national anthem and disappear for the whole <laughs> fucking game uh, belgium canada that was an amazing game i think I, I thought canada played really well i i think i thought canada deserved the win in that game to be honest with you guys uh i think they outplayed belgium uh I think they they're the first uh, country with over twenty shots on uh, twenty shots and zero goals. I think mm. they're the first country in World yeah, Cup history. <laughs> so I think Canada deserved more than they got, uh, which was a defeat to to Belgium. Uh, they they got lucky on that one goal, but it is what it is. Uh, luck, no luck. You need all of it in this uh, in this stage. You know. Yep. Uh, Obviously, you got Portugal against Ghana. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo went out there, did his thing. Uh, obviously, not the same Ronaldo we've always known and loved. Uh, struggled for majority of the game. Uh, they were gifted a PK, but as they call it, is uh, football justice. Uh, Ghana scored and then tied tied the game one one. And then after that, Portugal you know started dominating the game again and. Uh, they scored one goal, then they scored the other goal. So they went up 3-1, and then Ghana came back, scored one goal, but it was too late. And then on the 90th minute, I think the, the goalie did a little blooper where he just let the ball, like, roll in front of him, and then there was a Ghana player behind him who came around, grabbed the ball, but he slipped. So he wasn't able to control the ball and take a really good shot and obviously tied the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they got really, really lucky to to come out with a victory in there. Brazil looking Phenomenal, uh, Brazil obviously beating Serbia. People might say it's like, oh, they only beat Serbia. It's like, yeah, but Serbia is one of those those underdog teams. Yeah, that, you were talking about yeah, that feisty, the, yeah, feisty strong. And do you
1: have any update on Neymar's injury?
2: Uh, he he's playing. He, okay, because it looked that looked, he's that looked pretty bad. Yeah. He's play? It was all swollen up really bad. <laughs> no, he's
1: playing. there was I <laughs> thought they were saying he was out for the group stage. No, no. Oh, okay.
2: Uh, he the, the the even the even the their head coach came out saying it's like yeah it looked bad. He's playing. Okay. He's playing He just uh, I think that could, they get Like the team of
1: all teams That can afford to lose A superstar yeah. like him Because they're so damn deep Yeah, yeah. I mean you know?
2: Neymar didn't do much In that game To, to really change anything Right uh, I think that The team changed When they took him out uh, I think the team Got a little bit better Yeah uh, He was He looked lost The entire game hmm. uh, So it's not Brazil has the talent To replace Neymar Which yeah. is crazy enough Right uh, So even if he misses a match Which I I highly highly doubted
0: uh, we're going
2: to see Brazil just be Brazil. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the the second round started yesterday uh, with uh, Wales, Iran, Qatar, Senegal, Netherlands, Ecuador, and then England, USA. So, Wales, they controlled their own destiny. And, you know, they were playing Iran, my bad, Iran. Uh, so, all they had to do was beat Iran. They would go four points in the group, take the lead at that moment in time. Uh, but everything went downhill, like in the 88th minute when their goalie, when Wales goalie got a red card. And Iran just took advantage of it and ended up scoring two goals in the stoppage time, which that's, that's that was a shocker to me. I was not expecting that at all, especially, you know, being Iran. It, it's not a, a really a team that should be contending for anything. It, it's not good enough, in my opinion. But yeah. them beating, them beating uh, Wales may, made it a little bit harder for the U.S., who uh, who was looking for a victory against England. And I think they played well enough to, to, to get that victory. But they ended up with the draw, which I think, in my opinion, hurt them a lot more than it helped them. Yeah. Uh, because now England's at four points. Then you got Iran at three. You got the U.S. at two, and then you got Wells at one. So the U.S. controlled they're all destined against Iran, a, a, a team that's very well motivated after beating Wells, and knowing that Wells and the U.S. tied, mm-hmm. so Iran has that you know the that uh, that hope that they can beat the U.S. just like how they beat uh, Iran, or if in worst case scenario they tie the U.S., then Iran advances. You know what I mean? So now the U.S. is is. And a lot more pressure for the guys uh, now. All eyes are on them. They they have to win. It's it's a must win for them. You you lose, you're out. You draw, you're out. So it's a must must win. And it's gonna be very 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 tough. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I expect the U.S. to win, but they gotta find that finisher. Because if they can't find that finisher, Iran can take advantage of that and. And punish you. Uh, We saw it against Wales and yeah, so that's going to be that's going to be crazy. And then obviously the rounds today we got, uh, we saw Tunisia, Australia this morning. Uh, Nothing crazy there. Australia 1-1-0. Then we have Poland, Saudi Arabia. Hmm. Uh, Obviously this group is uh, I would say the group of death in in, in a way uh, with Argentina and Mexico. They're all quite level with each other uh nobody expected this everybody expected obviously argentina to be the the dominant team in this group and it it did not start that way obviously with uh how we talked earlier about argentina losing to saudi arabia it made it made it made it very very close uh poland mexico tied their first match uh so they got a point out of that and then so the the game this afternoon at one o'clock It's a must-win situation for Argentina a must 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 win Yes, they can draw draw the game or tie the game But that would only hurt them a lot more Mm -hmm. Uh, So what Argentina has to do is just come out guns blazing and try everything to beat Mexico, but Mexico is gonna come out there and and Try and knock out Argentina out of the World Cup, which Argentina has always done against Mexico So this is kind of like that revenge game because Mexico wins this game, Argentina mm. is out, and it, it breaks my heart because I go for I root for Mexico, but then I also want Messi to to win the World Cup. Right. So it's tough it's it's, place to be in. It's a yeah. It's and this is arguably this is potentially uh, Messi's last World Cup, I believe it is. So it will be heartbroken if if they are eliminated in the group stage, uh, not ha- not ha- not seeing him having a chance to fight for a World Cup title. So it's it's a very very crucial game here at one o'clock. Uh, hope everybody tunes in. Uh, it's gonna be amazing. Uh, unless it's not, but it should be. It should be. <laughs> unless it's not, then yeah. you know <laughs> it should be a great game because they're both fighting for that next round. Obviously, Argentina with all that pressure, we'll see how they handle it. But like I said, they're they were good handling the pressure. But if they would take, if they would lose, or or anything that pressure would make them crumble and we saw just exactly that. Yeah. So we'll see what can they do with that pressure, can they get back together? We'll see. Can Mexico actually go out there and and do the game plan to actually beat a, a World Cup contender? They've done it in the past. So it's going to be a very exciting game.
1: As, as much as I love Lionel Messi and I and I want to see him win a World Cup, I, I want to see Mexico win this this match because of the fact that, like the U.S., not that Mexico has obviously done much more than the U.S. has in the World Cup, but to see them have such a a humongous victory like that, which it would be, even though Argentina already lost, mm. to be the ones that take down Messi, yeah. like. That's historic, man. That's something you guys in forty years are telling your grandkids, man. Yeah. Like, you know, if you ever have them. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> like that is a, that's a paramount victory
2: right there. Yeah. So oh, yes, especially being the team that eliminated Messi on his last World right. Cup, right? What I'm saying, the greatest to, to ever do it, it. and you guys being took him the fa- down. Yeah, being the favorites to yeah. win it and losing to Saudi Arabia and Mexico, is... yeah.
1: It's tough i'm definitely i feel like one of those parents that has like the, the jersey in half like when they have the one son's team yeah. and the other team like i feel like that like i'm rooting big time for messi but man i want to see mexico hey, get this yeah. one man Like i'm really i that's me, I'm really that's me. I, I think i'm gonna cry
2: <laughs> regardless of the, of the outcome today yeah uh because i i, I love i want to see mexico win but i don't want to see Messi lose yeah. i want to see Messi win go you
1: know, make uh, go Mexico.
2: how about that <laughs> Mexico. go mexico. That's actually that's actually one of the chance uh, mexico has uh <laughs> Argentinians were uh, thinking that we're uh, cheering for Messi. They were like, uh, "Messi, Messi," and they were like, "Messi, come!" <laughs> they were like, oh, "That's pretty damn. cool." So yeah, that's, so. Uh, be prepared. Um, you're gonna see a lot of news of probably Mexico Mexicans and Argentinians going at it on the stands, uh, probably outside the stadiums. They are two of the most passionate uh, World Cup fan bases, I think, in in my opinion. They travel really, really well to World Cups. I think arguably they're the. uh, This game has to be held in the 80,000 seater. Uh, and that,
1: even that's standing room, all to, kinds so of stuff. So yeah,
2: it was uh, first scheduled for for like a forty thousand, but then they had to change it uh, like a month before the world, a couple months Lord. before the World Cup, <laughs> yeah, to to where the finals actually being held. Oh shit! Okay. So they're playing on the biggest stadium in Qatar because Mexico and Argent Mexicans and Argentinians were the most uh, the the fan bases that requested the most tickets to one o'clock on that a Saturday, game. Yeah, watching to that game. game to yeah. that game. So. Yeah. It, it, it's gonna be spectacular but just be aware you might see news tomorrow of a lot of people being arrested or it it's gonna be very exciting seeing both fan bases obviously chanting it, but the violence is very exciting the, 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 <laughs> the, 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 the violence part but it's I'm gonna have to say it now but expect some uh, homophobic uh, mm. chants uh, expect some it's pretty a fucked up chants it's a different um,
0: world over there man
2: yeah uh <laughs> not what we want to see, especially in 2022, but with these two fan bases, you never know. It's uh, no holds bar. It might not happen. But what I'm saying might not happen, and I'll fucking, I would love that. Yeah. But knowing the history that these two have, and especially if Mexico finds a way to eliminate Argentina from the World it's Cup. madness. Yeah. So expect anything yeah. tonight. All right, that's that's a great, Eddie. hour, man, I appreciate. I, I love talking World
1: Cup. I love hearing Eddie break this stuff down Especially because at this
0: point
2: we're getting into the, the late, yeah, um, man. This is great. Hope. We got takes. one more game yeah. uh, right. in each group, but usually by the second game you kind of know who's advancing, yeah. who's not advancing. Uh, but yeah, with this group, it's so tight. We don't know even after this game, even after Argentina Mexico game, mm-hmm. yeah. we don't know out of this group, we, out of the four teams, we don't know who's advancing. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah just yeah i'm excited oh yeah as you should be man because that this is the this to me this is
1: the best time of of sports when the world cup's going football like this is the most unique thing ever because we've never had this where the world cup's going on while the nfl is going on it's just it's it's one of the most incredible things i've ever seen man I, I, I love being a part of this i love seeing history be made like this and we appreciate eddie breaking all that down for us let's um Let's get to some NFL picks man. We have NFL week 12 as we do as we've been doing pretty much all season We go down a few a few games here and there that I want to point out directly And and see where you guys stand on things because I feel like there's some really intriguing matchups actually this week That I want to break down. Let's let's start with the noon slate Actually, the Browns are hosting the Buccaneers Uh, I know this game doesn't really have much to do with the Chiefs or anybody really in the AFC side of things because the Browns are I think three and seven right now They don't have a ton to play for whereas the Bucks are five and five at the top of of the worst division in football in the NFC South. The Bucs come into this game as a three-point road favorite with the over under at 42 and a half. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna just get right to the point. I'm gonna hammer the under on this one. I don't think there's gonna be a ton of points scored in this game because I think both defenses are actually gonna have a pretty decent game as far as not allowing a lot of touchdowns. Um, I think that the run game is gonna be so paramount in this one, which is actually why I'm favoring the Bills, the Browns in this game. The biggest reason why the Buccaneers in this season came into the first seven eight weeks of the season, they were one of the best defenses in football, and they still at times can look that way, mm. but. Losing Shaq Barrett is going to eventually hurt them. And I think this is kind of, this is the kind of game that will. This season, the Buccaneers are three and three. They're only three and three against teams when they allow a hundred plus rushing yards. The Browns are one of the best running teams in the league. They just had a frustrating loss against the Bills. They had multiple opportunities to win that game against a the team. They had no I think the Bills came into that game like 12 point favorites. So they should have, they should have blown out the, the Browns and the Browns had multiple opportunities to win that game. They did it. It was a frustrating game. Coming back home the week before Deshaun Watson comes back. They feel like, hey, if we get this victory, our guy comes back, maybe he can string us a couple victories to get back into the playoff hunt down the stretch. The Browns are going to come in this game motivated. And, quite frankly, the Browns are the more healthy team. Uh, If you look at the the injury point for the the, uh, Buccaneers right now, Leonard Fournette's not supposed to play. Russell Gage is already out. Lucas Godeke is out. Um, It looks like uh, Vita Vey is questionable best. He's been limited all week at practice. Uh, Julio Jones is actually a full participant. Holy Christ, I didn't think that was going to happen. Levante David did not Week, Mike Davis didn't practice, and neither did Akeem, Akeem Hick, uh, Hicks. So the Bucks are coming in here banged up. I think the Browns are more desperate because the Bucs also know that their division's so bad. I'm not saying they're gonna come in here like, oh, we could lose, but I don't think they're as gonna be as motivated as the Browns are in this game for the reasons I explained. And the Browns have the recipe to beat a Bucks team like this that are missing a starter linebacker that are banged up across the board. If Vita Vea doesn't go. I think the Browns are gonna rush for two hundred and thirty yards in this game. I think the Browns are gonna win a very close lower scoring game. I could see it being like twenty one to eighteen or twenty one to nineteen, something in that category. But I think with Tom Brady not having Leonard Fournette when they already have. Have a horrific run game they're 29th in time of possession this year it's going to be a limited possessions type of game i think the, the clock's going to be running non-stop because the browns are going to try to run the ball as much as they possibly can jacoby Brissett's actually been playing some really good football too so they need him to throw the ball to amari cooper against that weak secondary of the buccaneers i think the buccaneers, i think the browns can move the ball against this bucks defense they may struggle to score points there may be a lot of field goals in this one but i'm going to give the home team the advantage of this one they're going to cover the three
0: yeah i think this is actually a tough spot for the browns coming off that loss to the the, the bills uh, and I just don't, I haven't, I haven't liked what I've seen out of them lately. That defense has been bad. They've been just getting gashed by everybody. Um, and I just think this is, I think, I think coming off the bye, I think this is a good spot for Tom Brady. The only, the only concern I have in this game is that they're saying that it's going to be fairly windy out there. So Tom Brady might not want to throw the ball that much. Um, and Leonard Fournette, I don't think he's playing this game. Uh, I think he's going to be out, so they have uh, White is their back, who's actually been playing really well. He's a good pass catcher, so I think we're going to see. I think I think LeBron. Uh, LeBron I think Tom Brady is going to go out there and just dink and dunk his way to this victory, this game. I don't. I don't think the Browns have much of a chance. I mean, they have a chance, obviously, but if they want to run the ball, fine. But they're not good when they trail, and I think the Bucks jump out early. Mm. Um, all their weapons are, are healthy outside of Leonard Fournette. All the receivers and they played well last week against the Seahawks, which is an impressive win. The Seahawks were a team that were rolling. They've been playing really good. One of the best offenses, one of the most efficient offenses in this league, and they couldn't get it done against the Bucs. So i i, I think the I think the Browns aren't as good as the uh, the Seahawks, and I think this is a tough matchup. And I think there's a lot of pressure on Jacoby Brissett to get this win uh, before uh, Deshaun gets back. And I don't, I, I just don't know. I just don't. I think the pressure for, for Jacoby there is going to be a little bit much on him. And if they're trailing and Jacoby has to throw his way back into the, uh, the game, I think that works into the favor of not only the windy conditions, but the defense of and the secondary of the Bucks. And uh, this just feels like a game where Tom Brady comes out of the bye, slinging the rock, uh, getting his guys involved. Um, they're healthy offensively right now. The offensive line a little bit better at this point. Uh, they played well last week, or last game, I should say, two weeks ago. Uh, This just feels like a good Tom Brady spot for me. I think it's a lot of like Dink and Dunks to the running backs and to uh, you know the wide receivers on some screen plays and some you know uh, um, to the flat and everything like that. So I think this is one of those games where I think it might be under um, the scoring might not be as high, uh, but I I definitely have the Bucks coming on top on this one.
2: Cool. Yeah, I think the Bucks are uh, are coming in rolling, especially after that that Seahawks victory last week. We can't take that away from them, man. The obviously the Seahawks are a pretty good team. We've seen it. Uh they've they've actually held held their ground. Uh, mm. they proved us wrong pretty much since week one, uh, by beating the Broncos. Yeah, the, the the Browns I just I don't know if I can trust the Browns in anything, especially going down uh especially this far down the season. Uh getting blown out uh throughout the season. I <sighs> I just don't know if I can just trust Jacoby Brissett. I know he's been playing pretty good been a lately, routine. but yeah. you, you really can't tell with the Browns. You don't know what you what version you're gonna get of the Browns this this week. So I think that inconsistency uh, is gonna benefit the Bucks in this game. So I think Tom Brady's gonna go out there and do his the thing. The
1: one thing the Browns have been consistent in is they've been able to run the ball. I will say that. And here's the thing: the run really, the ball
0: very
2: well against the Bills.
1: The well, that's because the Bills have a good rush defense more they were times a than not. Up, they were yeah, up yeah. and more I'll give the you got to give the Bills credit for how they played last week against, against the Browns' rush defense, and because they made Jacoby Brissett try to beat them, and he almost did. But when I
0: mean, the Browns are trailing. That's when yeah. they start to struggle. Sure, they're absolutely. Very, they're a very good front runner. I don't want to make a
1: case that the Browns are a good yeah. team. I definitely don't want to oh, do was, that. I'd surprised how Miles Garrett can play a big, big. But they haven't. Yeah, defense is. Been bad. I know Denzel Ward's back though. Miles Garrett's been really good this season despite that. Uh, I think he could play a big factor in this one getting to Tom Brady making his life hard this week. Um, sure. But moving to uh, just real quick on the, the Bucks, just a side note that also something I want to throw out there is why I feel confident the Browns will be able to run on them. The only two offenses they've faced, the Bucks have faced this season um, that can run the ball to the level of the Browns, can or the Falcons and the Ravens. And uh, this, the Seahawks with Kenneth Walker. No, that, okay, that's I'll give them that. It was just such a weird yeah, game being in London. Like I feel like the Seahawks just they they look so lethargic, right? Like you know, a, yeah. I, I'll, I'll give I'll give the Bucks that the that Bucks one. Played well that game, the man. other two offenses though that I wanted to bring up were the Falcons and the Ravens that are comparative to uh, the Browns run game. They gave up a, uh, an average of 191 rushing yards to those to those running games yeah. with Shaq Barrett. Like that's what I wanted to put. There. And Levante David may not play, and Vita Veya may not play. I think so that Vita
0: Vea was questionable.
1: Yeah, he's been he's been really? uh yeah he's been questionable all week, and that's, he didn't he did practice a, on Thursday or Friday. That's so yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's their difference maker. So sure. you know he don't play. I think the Browns are just gonna run all over this Bucks defense. But that's that's what I'm that's what I leave it at. Um, the biggest matchup I think of this week is gonna be the Titans hosting the Bengals. Yeah, um, they're they're disrespecting my Titans here, man. They got the Bengals as two and a half point favorites without Joe Mixon, and with the, they're yeah. saying Jamar Chase might nah, play. Playing. I I doubt it. He's on crutches to start They're, the week. They want him to be ready for the Chiefs game next <laughs> yeah, week. Man. So I think that Jamar's gonna be and out. T. Higgins is a little banged the, up. Dirty the Titans play. Yeah. Jamar yeah, yeah, could go dude,
0: they, Those Titans are gritty they and dirty, got, man.
1: They got the Bengals <laughs> as the favorite with the over-under of 43 and a half, which I can respect that line. But yeah the the two and a half for the Bengals that's disrespectful to the yeah. to the Titans who I think right now are the second best team in the AFC. Dude, they're good. I really believe they they're, they're the second best team. And here's the other thing, man. Like I was just mentioned, the, the the Bengals are banged up, man. Leo Collins finally was a full participant on Friday, so he should play. Mm. Trey Hendrickson was a full participant, but Joe Mixon won't play. Yeah. Uh, it looks like, uh, yeah, Jamar Chase. Probably won't play. Chris Evans it was a full participant, and he's still unspecified. Daxon Hill was a full participant, but he's questionable. DJ Reader's uh, unspecified. Like, they got a lot of names on this that is kind of tacking on. And while that's going on, the Titans are getting healthier. Jeffrey Simmons is now a full participant. Armani Hooker, Bud Dupree, yep. uh, Ryan Tannehill, Hassan Haskins, uh, Derek Henry, Christian Fulton, Randy, Randy Bullock is uh, did not practice. So is Danico Autry, but they're saying that they're both questionable, so they might give it a go. The fact is, it's home field. They know they just lost a frustrating playoff loss to the Bengals just a year ago where they should have won that game. They literally sacked Joe Burrow nine times. They still lost. I, I think the Titans are going to come in this game, man. And I think... I, I'm not saying they're going to blow out the Bengals, because the Bengals have had six straight win- games of 30-plus points. Yeah. So they could still come in there and put up you 27-30. Know, I, I don't they're think they're going to. I think Derrick Henry's going to have a big game. I think Ryan Tannehill is going to build off what he just did last week where he yeah. bolt the hell out in yeah, Green Bay. back. you got Traylon Burks back. Guys, I think the Titans are going to win this game. I think I think the over-under is right where I would put it. Yeah. I think it's going to be like a like 27-24 a, a kind of game. I think both offenses can get some situational scoring down. But I'm trusting Derrick John Henry in this one without Joe Mixon on
0: the other side. I'm giving the Titans. Titans, the plus two and a half, and I have the Titans winning this game. Man, I don't even see those teams getting into the 20s. I mean, the Titans, Mike, yeah. I think the Titans win this game as well. I do like them here, but I like them because they force teams to play their game. Yeah. And they should have beat them in the playoffs last year, and that pisses them off. They yeah. should have won that game. I've, if they had Rantano, they might have beaten the Chiefs. Yes. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. I they, of course. <laughs> sure. this is, Dude, Mike Frabo is such a damn good coach. He has guys running yeah. through walls for him. Yeah. He is a great players coach, and say what you want about a defensive-minded coach. This guy... Just gets – he gets his guys rallied. Can't argue he knows it. knows how to have them – he has them prepared every week. Outside of that Bills game this year, which is just a strange front-running kind of game. Yep. They have just – they they're in every single game. And I think they're going to force the Bengals to play their type of tempo. And they're like, they did that in that playoff game, which they kind of got screwed in that game. They should have won that one. But they don't forget that. They want to bring it to the teams that they know they struggle against. People they, don't forget. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? So they, they bring it, especially in these Bengals, Chiefs, these kind of games, the teams they know that they, they have a – you know – the kind of a beef with, and they like to play hard against. I think they're going to go out there and rough these Bengals up, and I don't. I don't think they have. The, I don't think the Bengals have that internal fortitude yet. They're not proven. And this is the worst matchup teams. for the
1: Bengals before they have to play the Chiefs. Wow, because this is a physical. And what the you Titans know, do? Yeah. The Titans
0: get there with three and four defensive yeah. front. They don't. Yeah. They don't blitz. Yep. And that's gonna. And if they can get there continually, get there with four on Joe Burrow, and he holds the ball second most in the NFL in the pocket. He's gonna. They're gonna start collecting sacks in this game and make Joe Joe Burrow's day yep. very lengthy. Yep. And I think I think the Titans win this one, man. I do.
2: Yeah, I'm picking the Titans on this one too. I think <clears throat> the, if they play the way the way they play the Chiefs, rough, uh, uh, forcing them to play their type of game. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Bengals have the answer to to respond to that. Yeah. Uh, and they have I, no I running game. It's not. Like no can, yeah, yeah. It's, with Joe Mixon out and then Jamar Chase being questionable, you don't know how healthy he is if he actually plays. Is he is he really healthy? He was a limited participant practice all week, I think. Yeah. yeah. So how healthy, easy are you gonna risk him, especially with the Chiefs coming uh, coming into town next week? Mm-hmm. I, if I'm the Bengals I would just rest them and, you know, see what I can do against the Titans. But I think the Titans are gonna are gonna force the, the Bengals to play their type of game and it's that rough style kind of game. So yeah, yeah this, is, this
0: looks like a, like a 20 to 14, 20 to 17 kind of game. Yeah. That's what the Titans
2: want. So I think that's how they're going
0: to, that's how it's going to go. It's going to be a low tempo kind of game.
1: There's, there's other matchups I want to get to, but time permitting. Uh, Cause I know Eddie, man, he's got a big Mexico game to watch uh, today with Argentina. Um, I, one more game I want to get to, and then we can move on. Uh, chargers are visiting the Cardinals. Uh, both these teams have been utter disappointments this season to this point. To the
0: Chargers, man.
1: Chargers come into this game two, yeah, yeah. Chargers come into this game two and a half point favorites with the over under at forty eight and a half, which I also like that line a lot. Um, I might even I might even teeter with that being the over because I think both these teams are coming into this game very much banged up on both sides of the ball. Uh, Adderley, uh, the safety for the Chargers is going to be probably out for this game. Uh, they're also missing their cornerback if I'm not mistaken. I have the I have the list right here. Yeah, their uh, quarterback their cornerback uh, Michael Davis is going to be questionable with a knee. Uh, Gerald Everett uh, was a full participant Friday, so he'll probably give that's it a deep. go. Yeah. But Mike Williams is out, and that's been their most consistent weapon this season from the receiving end. Uh, Austin Eckler is obviously going to be fine. He's good to go. But the, the Cardinals have a lot of guys are out. Zach Ertz is still out. He's probably going to be out for the rest of the season. DJ Humphreys is out. It uh, looks like Moore is going to be out. Uh, it also looks like By- Byron Murphy is going to be out their cornerback. Hollywood
0: gonna... Brown's still a week away probably. Yes, so,
1: so they're both banged up. But I'm going to give the Cardinals the edge in this one because of the fact that I think that Deion Hopkins and Kyler Murray being back in full swing, full motion against this horrendous uh, passing defense that the Chargers have had this year, even with Dermon James playing at All-Pro level. And rushing defense. Man, James th- Conner might have a game. Yeah, there. man, I think James Conner is going to have a big game. I think Kyler Murray is going to be able to scramble for first downs on third and longs. Yep. Uh, I think this is going to be another one of those frustrating games for the Cardinals because or the Chargers because the Chargers were so hell on beating, beating the Chiefs, and a heartbreaking loss like that at home again Breaking. could really because well, that's what happened last season. You saw down the stretch. They had an opportunity. You win, you're in, and you lose to the Raiders the way you did. Uh, I think Brandon Steele's coaching days are very much numbered. I think the, i picked pick the Chargers to miss the playoffs again. I think that's going to happen if they're going to fall to 5-6 and six in this game. I think the Cardinals squeak this one out, but I do think there's going to be points on the board. I think Justin Herbert's going to have a good game because the Cardinals' defense is not good, but I think that the Cardinals' offense is going to do just enough against this, this Chargers' horrendous defense to get this going. And this is one of the few games where the Cardinals actually have the coaching advantage. So I think this is going to be one of those games where Cliff Kingsbury actually looks halfway decent, and he's fighting for his job as well. So he knows that he's got to win a game like this against a team that's very much battered and bruised against the card, the Chargers, who are falling in the standings. I, I'm going to pick the Cardinals to win. I know that the the line is two and a half. I have the Cardinals plus two and a half.
0: Yeah, I like this game a lot. This game is to me is going to be fun because I love these later season, these later in the season must win games when both teams are must wins. Because uh, the Cardinals, are, the Cardinals have still have a chance to make the playoffs here if they win yeah. this game. They're very much in the race because the NFC is so strange this year. Um, uh, but the Chargers obviously have to win this game. Yeah, you know what I mean. So this is like, and then with Kyler being back, I, the the addition, um, getting Gerald Everett back is huge because the, the, I think the Cardinals are the worst team against defending receiving tight ends. They're they're terrible. They're just a sieve. They let tight ends just eat. So this could be a big matchup for him. A good game for him. I think this is going to be a shootout. Uh, I think both these quarterbacks are going to ball um james like i said james Conner, i think could go get two touchdowns he likes to score touchdowns in, in pairs he always yeah. has like big games when it comes to like bad rushing defenses he likes to score uh multiple touchdowns in those kind of games so i think there's a chance he gets a couple deandre is going to absolutely just shred this secondary um but i also but i also think keenan allen could go out there have a big game and i think austin eckler might have a massive game this is going to be a shoot i think there's gonna be you know three four touchdowns apiece for both these teams um so uh, this one's going to be fun. I'm definitely going to be trying to watch this one. This is some if you're a fantasy player or better, this is like a lot of fantasy goodness in this one. Uh, I think there'd be a lot of scoring. So I do like the Cardinals though. I do like Kyler and his game back. Um, he has a great connection with with uh, uh, with DeHop. Uh that's proven. Um, and I think that's a deadly one. And I think I think that they're just going to go out there and barely eke this one out. But I think it's going to be competitive and high scoring.
1: Yeah, Diop in just five games this year has 45 receptions for 487 Dude, yards. He's, he's averaging st- 97 yards a game.
0: Yeah, I mean, if he starts the year, he'd be he'd be rivaling Tyreek right that's now. Unbelievable, you know what man. Mean? So he's he's a, oh, he's a beast, bro. Yeah, <laughs> steroid steroid boy. <laughs>
2: I'm, a, I'm a Trevor on this one. I love how closer to the end of the season it's coming to those a must-win situation, especially yep. with both teams playing against each other. If they win, they they're, they control their own well, destiny. Both
0: coaches might be out of their jobs on the line. Here. Exactly. Yeah. So
2: yeah. it's uh, it's going to be a great great thing to see, especially Kyler Murray being back from the injury. Uh, and then, obviously, him and, like you said, him and Hopkins just have that connection that uh, Kyler Murray can close his eyes, throw the ball. He'll know that the Hopkins will more than likely catch that ball. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's going to be a shootout. I, I would Trevor. It's I think it's going to be a shootout, especially because it's a must-win situation with both with both teams. So that being said, I, I do think that the Cardinals are going to get the the the, the edge at the end of the game. It's, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be like a field goal uh, type of game, but I do think it's going to be a lot of scoring, a lot of scoring. But it's going to come down to that. That last second field goal, and I think the Cardinals will will, will will get that edge.
1: Yeah, I like it. Well, we're gonna give you guys our full slate of picks yet uh, tomorrow, as we do every every Sunday, about an hour before uh, kickoff on noon games. So be ready for that because there's other good matchups I definitely like to sink my teeth in. But we just time permitting, man, we got to make sure that we just get that out there for tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. Join us on Facebook, on Twitter as well, if you guys want to get that full slate of picks. Uh, Trevor does a lot of over under stuff as well, so he can definitely help you guys with that. If you have any questions, definitely hit him up. Uh, at Trev the Spoken on twitter uh let's get to the chiefs rams uh preview this is a um <laughs> i would love to sit here and say it's an intriguing matchup i know andy Reid always loves to say that we're looking forward to the challenge of facing so and so and they're a great team and all this other stuff and it's that's the fun hoopla of being a coach with coach speak and and i actually appreciate that about andy Reid because it always tells me that he doesn't take anybody lightly he takes every single matchup seriously having said that guys um There's not a lot of intrigue to this one because this is a game the Chiefs should absolutely win very comfortably. Uh, This is a matchup with two teams that have been the most successful franchises in the NFL since 2018, but are now going in complete opposite directions. The Rams pushed all their chips in uh, last year, essentially trading all their first-round picks that they had for the foreseeable future to land big-time players like Matthew Stafford and Jalen Ramsey, and they 100% cash in by winning the Super Bowl last year, Super Bowl 56. But after a Sean McVay, Aaron Donald uh, retirement scare, Andrew Whitworth actually legitimately retiring and a string of injuries to key players like Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, who both will not play this week against the Chiefs, uh, the Rams look to be a team that is on its way down uh, from the high they briefly experienced this last year. Whereas the Chiefs, as we've been talking forever now, uh, are once again dominating the AFC West and AFC as a whole, and what many assume to be a down year with new young pieces sprinkled across this roster, having not only won six of their last seven while scoring their opponents 200, 212, to 118, or 168 in those games, the Chiefs look primed and ready for another annual hosting of the AFC Championship, which I do very much believe is going to take place. And this is just a game. A stepping stone in, in that direction and not only have the rams lost six of their last seven games they've lost by double digits four times in that span while being outscored 147 to 83 in those losses so this is this is the first week of this season to me uh in which i can't think of any real scenario that the chiefs could find a way to lose I, I know that's scary for some. People are, oh, it's an upset, you know, trap game, all this other
0: stuff. If Stafford was playing, that might give you some Yes,
1: of loss, I would – with, without the, without Cooper Cup,
0: yeah.
1: without any real run game, let, letting Henderson just walk, Cam Akers being so inconsistent, this offensive line being horrendous. And despite the fact that the the Rams' defense, although healthy and littered with talent, has been mediocre at best – I think they're 17th in total defense this year. They're still like, like a top three rush defense, though. Top three. Rush defense, but that's the thing: is going against Chiefs' they offense. The that's against. not going to matter. Yeah, that's not going to matter. You're going against an, an elite rushing defense. What happened against the Bucks and Niners? Right. You know what I mean? Like did that matter? No, it didn't matter. And those are better defenses, in my opinion, than the Rams to this point. Yep. So I, I know that's scary to some to, to play a team like this with a humongous spread of. I think the Chiefs are minus sixteen favorites yeah, right now.
0: Half sixteen. Yeah, it might, I'm
1: sure it'll drop a little bit. It'll be like fourteen and a half by game time. It might go up. Shit, guys, I'm going to tell you right now: the Chiefs are going to clap some cheeks this week. It, it, Because here's the thing, and I I talk about this all the time, and it's good, too, that the Chiefs have matchups like this before big games because the big game next week is against the Bengals, and the Chiefs are 0-2 against Joe Burrow. So that that matters. We need a game like this, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> the Chiefs need to have a game like this where As they get out, too. get out, go get some, go get some quick points and put this team away, and then have yeah. everybody rested and ready to go for a Bengals team that's going to be coming off a very physical yeah. road game against the Tennessee Titans. Chiefs need to go out there, like I said, put up 28 points in the first half and just coast. That's what needs to happen in this game. They're playing a, a rookie quarterback Perkins. I, I I saw him play briefly last week. He looked horrible, mm. just like Malik Willis did the week yeah. before. The only difference. Is Malik Willis had a team with Derrick John Henry on his side and a, and a defense, defense that was playing unbelievable. Yeah. Although the Rams have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and a few other names, yeah. they have not been even nowhere near the defense they have been over the past couple of years. Guys, I, I want to keep this one brief. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game by several, several points. I think that they're actually going to gonna beat the Rams by more points than the Rams score. I, I really do. I don't see how the Rams are going to score points. They had Cooper Cup. They had Matthew Stafford. I could see this game being a you know, eight to ten point victory for the Chiefs. They don't have either one of those guys. They don't have anybody reliable on the offensive side, let alone the offensive line being as bad as it is. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game by three or four touchdowns, and I think that's being nice because Andy Reid is definitely going to take his foot off the gas in yeah. the third and fourth quarter. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have a visor on with a clipboard by the end of the third quarter. I think Chad Henne is going to play some some actual minutes in this game, maybe a couple possessions.
0: What do you, how do you see this game going, Trev? Yeah, I mean this is just one. Like I, like I was saying, as, as fans, we need. A game like this so i can just kick back put my feet up smoke a cigar stress-free yes just chill not have to worry about this game because like this is just one of those games like it, we can talk about trap games this is just not it this is not one of those situations right this is um this is a team that's that's understanding that their season is over they let the you know they're pretty much they're starting running back just walk yeah they're gonna see what they have in this young rookie running back that they drafted this year who's pretty good um but other than that i mean Taylor Higby. Tyler Higby is uh, going to be one of their only passing options. I know they got Allen Robinson still out there and uh, Van Jefferson, but none of the guys really need to worry about because the quarterback who's thrown to him, I don't even. There's not much. He was a good uh, college quarterback, I believe, but um, I don't know much about him at all. And there's no, nothing really to worry about. I don't think we need to go score that much to win this game. I think I think we'll go up maybe a two two scores, two or three scores probably, and then like you said, Andy Reid will take the the you know his foot off the off the gas and. Henny will most likely finish this game, maybe finish the last quarter of this game, depending how it goes. Um, but, yeah, I think I think we run the ball well here. I think we just try to, try to milk the clock, and get, I think we try to put together some strings, some long drives together just to get this clock ticking away. Yeah. And I think the Rams will probably appreciate that yeah. for being honest. If we go out there and have some long drives, as long as they finish in uh, touchdowns, put this team away. Um, this could be obviously a chance, too, because I know Juju's playing, but I don't know if Juju should play too much. I mean, granted, it was a concussion, but I don't want to risk him, you know, getting hit and taking another hit from a team that, you know, a game that we had put away sure. early. Um, so I don't know how much we're going to see out of him. He's he's a full go. I get it, but you know, avoiding injury in this in a game that doesn't really hold much weight is ideal for me. So we're I mean, rotating a lot of bodies. You know, not having I don't think there's going to be like one guy that absolutely just goes off in this game because I think we're going to rotate a lot of guys in and out. Um, I just I just see Pat going out there having a fishing game, throwing a throw three touchdowns, three or so touchdowns to. Three different people or so. Travis Kelsey might get him another one. I'm sure we're trying to get him his his numbers up this year. Um, so, yeah, this is just one of those games, man. Where just get in, get out. You know, let's prepare for these upcoming upcoming games. We got some Bengals coming. You know, that they've got some big games coming up. Uh, so, um, yeah, this is just one of those games, man. Where it's like this is actually the first game of the year. Like you said, this is where we don't have to really put much into it and really stress as a team. Like really get into the analysis. This game just is what it is. Yeah. One team is. You know, kind of, uh, you know, it's closing time is playing in the background for the Rams right now. So, um, Chiefs are this is just maybe the biggest mismatch of the entire season for any game, right? Um, so yeah, the Rams are bad, and yeah, this is we should win by multiple scores. I don't know if it's going to be a 16 plus point victory because I don't think we need to, uh, but yeah, hey, Chad, Chad Haney will most likely be uh finishing this game, so
2: yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a close game at all. I think the Chiefs are going to go out there, do their thing, uh, call it a day. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm with Lance. I think by the fourth quarter, we're going to see all pretty much both defensive uh, and offensive uh, backups uh, throughout the game. We're going to see the Rams probably score some garbage points, which is going to make our defense look even worse uh, <laughs> per, you know, uh, whatever the fuck they do their rankings in. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the Rams being my Super Bowl contenders, you know, uh, I've officially given up on them. Uh, their season is done. Yeah. Oh,
1: are you, are you sure? Because, I mean, yeah. supposedly, according to some betting uh, sites, they're still the favorites to win the NFC West. I'm not making that up. Oh, boy. Yeah, I don't know what the
2: hell
0: is yeah, going on. Maybe I'm they're just Packers, man. Like, I kinda, <laughs> I'm like,
2: this there's, week is
0: going to be the factor. Yeah, there's right there's no
2: way, especially with, I mean, Stafford being hurt. Yeah. Cooper Cup not gonna be there for the next six weeks. Yeah, he's done for the year. He's done. done, Yeah. More than likely done for the year. Uh so it's 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 hard to see the Rams go out there and actually compete against the Chiefs. Especially if the Chiefs play the way that they've been playing football. There's no way they can go the Rams can go out there and say, Yeah, we can beat these teams. It's it's very, very hard to believe that. Yeah. Uh so I do the Chiefs I do I do believe the Chiefs are gonna go out there. Dominate from from the first drive to to the last Patrick Holmes drive. I think they're just going to keep on scoring. Yeah, uh, it be touchdown touchdowns or field goals. I just think every drive the. The Chiefs can potentially score, uh, so yeah. yeah.
1: And, and, and to, to your point, Trevor, about it, they don't need to score a lot of points. I agree with that. Yeah. The thing about it though is that Patrick Mahomes and these guys want to still continue to make a statement this season. And I think yeah. those first two to three quarters, they're going to go out there and they're going to they're going to put it all out. Yeah, there's
0: well, they to prove in this game. What though, I'll say, what I'm say is this:
1: I, I want to put this carefully because I know this, this might sound like I'm being contradictory or I'm contradicting myself by saying that they're going to put some points up, but they're also going to hold some stuff back because they have the Bengals next week, and you know they don't want to put too much on film yeah, with Juju coming back. Things. Like that, but I still think it's not going to matter. I think they can still play vanilla style of offense and move the ball to where they're getting in the red zone. And the Chiefs have been by far the best red zone offense in the league. this I think season. it's a
0: conservative, respectable win. I don't think Andy Reid never likes to go like absolutely because like the Bills, they like to the front run. Like yeah. when they beat the Rams, when they beat the Titans, they're like, oh, let's but, just let's keep just but, let's put. 50 if Perkins like, if, if Perkins throws
1: a couple like interceptions on their side of the field, Chiefs get early a, a, a short yardage. Yeah. they get a couple touchdowns right. off that. You know what I mean? Stuff sure. like that. You know, a couple sure. interceptions. But, I mean,
2: you as a team. You don't want to go out there and destroy the current Super Bowl champions. Well, you want to keep momentum
0: going. I, I don't think there's much. I know this team; these two teams have had a history of great games of, against each other. Maybe it's the yeah. greatest game, this regular is entirely, season game ever. Team, yes. This is yeah for sure. This is an entirely different team. This is an entirely different oh, vibe. So, I mean, this yes. this is. But, a I mean, it's still
2: dog. it's still the current Super Bowl champions. So yeah. You don't you don't think the Chiefs want to go out there and. and, and Prove a point. I just play. don't think
0: this game has any juice like that. I just yeah. don't. There's no juice into this matchup at all. Well, and but I with, do think the Chiefs are being down. The, I, I hate not... to sound
1: disrespectful to the Rams here because these guys yeah, are professionals. These respect. guys yeah. are professionals. McVay's one of the best coaches camps. in football. Yeah. He's one of the best coaches in football. But here's the thing: the Chiefs can utilize mm-hmm. this game as getting some things right before the Bengals, because right. that game matters far more than this game. It's an AFC matchup against a team that's in the playoff
0: picture. Yeah.
1: So there's a lot there. And again, that game has juice because again, the Bengals have owned the Chiefs that's to this point. They're zero and two against Joe Burrow.
0: My own, I think. And I think this is the way Andy is probably looking at it as well. If I could put my mind in his, myself in his mind, yeah. I think just getting in and getting out. Yeah, get this dub. Everyone, keep everyone healthy because we're already dealing with some injuries right now. Juju's just back from one. Yep. Kadarius is a mystery still right now. Don't want to get anybody else hurt. Yeah, you know, what I mean that's the main thing here. Just go win by seven to fifteen points. Get in, get out. We don't need to go blow these guys out. That's not yep. even necessary. And you know, I think that Andy Reid tends to have that respect for other coaches that he respects. His mid- yeah, day. sure. He's definitely, sure. McVay's like the next kind of Andy Reid kind of mind, so like that's kind of like where he's, you know, I think the respect is there. You know, I, I don't think we're going in there trying to blow the doors off this no. game, I, which could happen unintentionally. That's what I'm
1: saying. Yeah. It's yeah, kind of one of those games where the Chiefs are like, man, we kind of play like a B game and scored 35 points. Well, we
0: actually got a pick six. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, yeah.
1: I think that Perkins is going to have a few, a couple turnovers. It's going to get the if, they, if it's not pick sixes, yeah. it's going to be putting the Chiefs on the 32 yard line on the Rams see, side of the I field. You know, we see Henny
0: playing the whole fourth. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I do I think, that's think that's that going to happen. I think. I think Patrick's
1: going to have like 285 yards three and three touchdowns. touchdowns in this game. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Very methodical. They're not going to have to play well because you saw the Rams over the last several weeks. Yeah. They've, they've been playing far inferior teams to the Chiefs, and they've been getting smacked. Yeah. So that's just kind of where – and that was when it, the games mattered. Now it's deep in the season. These guys are talking about Cabo, things of that nature. They're not really into it. Aaron Donald's probably losing interest. Yeah. And and that's that's where I want to put this, the key players this game. I, I actually want to throw this out here, though, because uh, you guys know I'm excited about this. Uh, uh, it sounds like Ronald Jones is going to get a play yeah. in this one. I'm really excited about this because I think this can be a game where he goes out there, puts some good stuff on film, gives the gives the Chiefs some confidence as to why he needs to continue to play. I think he's going to be on the roster for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to get that running back two position because Isaiah Pacheco has rightfully owned that or earned that. I should yeah. say Isaiah Pacheco has earned the running back one. But I think Ronald Jones is going to play play a decent game this week and give the Chiefs an opportunity to say, you know what, hey, you play pretty well, man. Like this is a good rush defense. That's one thing they're actually decent at. He goes, he puts up 55 yards. because I think the Chiefs, are, they're not going to go out there and throw Pacheco out there either. I don't think he's rushed for 25 times. No. I think Pacheco will get some early play and then get 50, Ronald Jones in this. Yes, yards. get Ronald Jones in there, get rushing, you know, 13, 14 rushes for Ronald Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Let him show you what you can do later in the game when it's kind of out of reach. But I'm really excited to see my guy Ronald Jones out there. And according to Chiefs Wire from a couple hours ago, Andy Reid did say there's a legitimate chance he plays this week. So I think that's going to happen. Let's get to our key players of this game. I want to start with my two guys. Um, the, the way I see this game going is... The only way the Rams can make this one even contentious is if they go out there and they put pressure on Patrick Mahomes with Aaron Donald, which is why Joe Tooney is my key player in this game. Because Joe Tooney plays left guard. He's been limited at practice all week. Him and Creed Humphrey are gonna have to shore up the middle of that, that offense that the, the middle of the offensive line against an elite yep. pass rusher in Aaron Donald. I think if they if they neutralize him, Patrick is gonna do literally whatever the hell he wants if against this defense. This game
0: close, it's Aaron it's Donald. Aaron Donald. Yeah.
1: So if they neutralize Aaron Donald, and Joe Tooney throughout the years has been the guy that can actually shut Aaron Donald down. We have saw in the Super Bowl, yeah. we saw in several matchups back in his Patriots days, he shuts Aaron Donald down. So if, if, if Joe Tudy's close to 100% or 85%, I think he can neutralize Aaron Donald, especially with Creed Humphrey being right there. I think that they can neutralize him, and Patrick Mahomes is going to do whatever every once. Travis Kelsey might have a big first half, Juju might have a big first half, and then just coast the rest of the way. That's my first key player of this game. The second one, I'm going to go right back to the linebacker position. Because I think if the Rams are able to do anything in the offense, it's going to be dump off, bubble screens, you know, trying to... Extend drives on third and longs with those little dump offs because they're gonna give they're gonna give Perkins a safety package. Yeah. they're basically they're not gonna have him going out there throwing deep in the you know the back of the you know forty fifty yard throws. I think they're gonna have him do safe stuff, dinks and dunks, things like that. Try to you know just try to see what you can get out of the, uh, the, uh, the yak yards. That's why Nick Bolton and Willie Gay are gonna be key players in this one. So I'm gonna stick the the uh, the middle of the offensive line and linebackers in this one. Those guys neutralize the bubble screens, neutralize those little dump offs, and then they neutralize Aaron Donald. This is gonna be a blowout, and I. I think that's what's going to happen.
0: Trevor, who are yours? Yeah, so defensively, I've been trying to call this one for uh, two different points this season. I haven't been able to get it because he just hasn't gotten there yet. I need George Koloff to just get, get him a sack or two this week. This is a, this is the best opportunity he can get. This is going to be a game that's probably going to be out of hand. Go out there and get even – I don't care if it's garbage time, sacks. I don't care what it is. I don't care what – just. and he needs to get on. He's got a half sack this year, right? So he's been getting pressures galore. But I want to see him get on board with some you know, solo sacks. I want to see one. I think he needs that. I, moving forward in this season, this could be a great opportunity for him to kind of get that uh, under his belt. Um, so that's my guy. I want to see George Goloffice have a good performance here. Offensively, I'm going with Sky Morgan. I think he had a great kind of coming out party last week with that opportunity, and he thrived in that opportunity, and that was very good to see. Uh, with Cordarius, Tony going out early in the game, that's yeah. hard to prepare for. You don't ever prepare for uh, uh, you know, a guy to go out that, that early like that, a guy that he probably had a pretty good game plan for. Um, and he stepped up. You know, he's great against the cover, two, uh, which is, he was the highest graded cover turkey in the draft. Um, and I liked what he, I saw from him at the line of scrimmage, you know, beating guys immediately at the line of scrimmage with his speed and his twitchiness. Um, sure handed guy, too, for his size. Big uh, big hands for uh, being a kind of an undersized receiver, so I like what I'm seeing out of him. His um, ability to catch the ball and find those spots where and Pat was finding them. I think they build upon that performance from last week. And uh, this is a good secondary to eat against. They've been struggling all year, especially against uh, smaller, speed kind of guys like that too. Um, I think he eats in this game. I think if anybody gets an opportunity, we don't want Juju to go get hit and get banged up again. We're really trying to keep him healthy. So yep. I think Juju sees some the field obviously. But I don't think we have like a massive game plan for Juju just to go, you know, uh, be out there too much. Um, so I think this is another great opportunity in a game where we're gonna win comfortably, where Sky Moore can go get more and more reps and build on that confidence from last week. This just feels like a good continuance from last week going into this one. So I think Sky Moore goes and has a Maybe pushes for 100 yards this week. I think he has a really good game and possibly a score. Um, I think two of our young guys. I think I think uh, I think he can score. And I kind of want to throw as, as a bonus. I think Pacheco can score here this week as well. So I think Sky Moore has a solid game this week.
2: All right, for, <clears throat> for my offensive player uh, in this game, uh, I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey. Why am I going with Travis Kelsey? For the simple fact that Aaron Donald's on the opposite side, so he's going to create that pressure on Patrick Mahomes, regardless of who you have in there. Mm-hmm. You can triple team him, double team him, quadruple team him. He's going to find he's a way. He's a terrible matchup in yeah. secondary. <laughs> yeah, and Travis Kelsey, I think with the quick little routes that he always does, I think it's going to be a nice little quick uh, getaway for Patrick Mahomes, and I think that's going to you know get Travis Kelsey to do his thing, get over a hundred yards like he usually does, mm. get a couple scores. Uh, so I do th- I do expect Travis Kelsey to have a big big game just for the simple fact that we have uh, Aaron Donald on the other side. So uh, that's my offensive player. My defensive player I'm going to go with Sneed on this one, Logeris Sneed. Mm-hmm. Uh, why am I going with Sneed? Because I think that just how bad this offensive uh, offensive line is, and just not having to really worry about one receiver on the other on the other end. I think this is going to be a perfect place where. He can get either a pick, couple picks, or maybe go in there and get a sack or two. You know, His corner sack ability is insane. Yeah, being, being that 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 corner sack that he always does, and get a, a sack or two. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm picking Steed on that one. Like
1: it uh, when it comes to. Um the score prediction on this one. I'm gonna say I'm gonna throw this one out here as well. So the the fewest yards that the Chiefs have allowed this season, the fewest points they've given up this season, ironically, was not a loss to the Colts in Week Three when they only allowed 17 points. They've they've only they've allowed 17 points uh, three different times this season, but they only allowed 259 total yards of offense. I think the Chiefs allow fewer yards than that in this game. Mm. I think I think the I think the the, the Rams are gonna really struggle to move the ball all game long. I know we talk about garbage time. I don't think it's going to matter even if the game is out of reach because I don't think that Perkins is going to be able to move the ball at all. We saw Malik Willis do the same thing. He could not move the ball. Luckily, Derrick Henry was able to run the ball the way he did with, I think 178 rushing yards in total for the Titans. I don't think that there's any scenario that Perkins has over 200 passing yards. And I had the question raised this week about whether the Titans do or the Rams score a touchdown in this week. That's a legitimate question. I do think they managed to get one. I think there will be one maybe like like a, uh, a one big play and then they get the right at the goal line in the third quarter and they get a nice little punch in Outside of that, I think they only get one field goal. I think the Rams only score 10 points in this game, and I think the Chiefs score north of 30 because of the fact, like I said, there's going to be some turnovers in this one. I think this is where the Chiefs are going to kind of bolster that plus-minus where they have right now, the turnover-takeaway margin, which is one of the worst in football. I think they get closer back to that zero where they can kind of get his get a wash. I think the Chiefs get a couple turnovers in this game, get some short fieldage for Patrick Mahomes early in the game. He punches in it a couple more times. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. If I, had to, if I had to make a bet right now, I'm going to say 38-10. to I think they're going to really put it on the Rams, and it's not going to be because they're out there putting on a bunch of film and putting a bunch of big plays out there. I think it's just they're so much better than the Rams at this point of the season. This is going to be that one game, like Trevor and I were talking about since week one, where that was a that was a blowout victory. That one felt really nice as well. Yeah. I think that's going to be that next game where it was week man, one. There's
0: still like you never know. You never know exactly.
1: Yeah. So it was a very stress free game. I think we have another finally another stress free game this week, and the Chiefs win by multiple touchdowns, thirty eight to ten.
0: Yeah, I like a uh, thirty-eight to ten. I like it. Um, I'm going to say 36-13. That's kind of like where I've. I don't, I don't think the Rams are going to be able to put up points either. I think there'll be multiple field goals and a score maybe here and there. Maybe two touchdowns if they're having a you know big game. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like the, the Chiefs should put up be able to go north of thirty and, and with little effort. Honestly, I, I just don't think this is uh, one of those situations where we're, we're really Pat's going to have to go throw thirty-five times more or so. Um, this is just yeah, I think. We could have a defensive, big defensive player that could put us in position to put us in the red zone. We could have multiple opportunities to put up points here. Um, I think we can just go out there with a vanilla game plan, not put too much on film for our next coming matchups, which are a couple big ones. Um, so, I think we just play a vanilla offense, and I think we can put up points with the vanilla game plan uh, with the weapons that we have right now. So, yeah, 36-13 is my is My,
2: my score, I'm going to go with 35-17. I think they're going to score a lot of those points, uh, like I said, in garbage time. Mm-hmm. Uh we might be leading, uh, like, 35-3 to three or something like that, and they, they get two touchdowns in the, la- in the the last two drives that they have. Uh, so, yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. Um, and just just to reiterate my confidence as to why the Chiefs are going to win this way and why the Rams aren't going to score a lot of points, if you look at with Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup this season, they're, they the Rams scored 10 or fewer points this season three different times. Yeah. And they've scored less than twenty six different times. It's that's basic, with
0: basic the Broncos with a lesser defense. Right.
1: That's with their best players. <laughs> yeah. So now though both those guys are gone, I just I yeah. don't see how they come in here and, and a top 10 defense like the Chiefs and they're gonna go in here and put up points. So that's that's where we have it. Let us know where you guys think what you guys think the score totals mean, who's gonna win this game? Any game that you guys want to talk about, let it let us know. Present it to us. Hit us up on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and let us know what you guys think. We'd love to hear from you. But in the meantime, we have one more order of business attend to, to guys. What's it called? Hold this L each and every week. we finish Finish off each and every episode with a series of L's in the world of sports. Whether those L's in the world of sports are friendly L's or not so friendly L's in the world of sports, we promise you, who's ever holding those L's in the world of sports, deserve those L's in the world of sports. Mr. Eddie Ortiz, Mr. Yo Yo Yo, who's holding the L for you this week, and why is it F one?
2: Uh, I spent F F1. one. Uh, F one's over. Uh, season's over. Hey, you never know. They can always have another one. <laughs> uh, no, nah, I'm gonna give it to Argentina, man. Uh... The World Cup favorites uh, going into this game, especially against a, a, a team that nobody knows really much anything of. And you dominate the first half the way you did. So we're thinking, like, you know what? They're just going to dominate the whole game. Just come back second half and do the same thing. Nope. <laughs> uh, like I said uh, like I said in the previous uh, Saudi Arabia scored and, and Argentina crumbled. Uh, they tried to come back, but they couldn't. Uh, this is a game that they had to win. To prove a point, and they lost. Now they have to go against Mexico and win this game. They can't. They can't draw this game. They have to win this game in order to stay alive with with uh, really good hopes of uh, making it into the next round. Uh, so the expectations were super high in Argentina, and they obviously disappointed every single one of those uh, with a historic loss. I don't think Argentina has ever lost to a a team like that before mm-hmm. in the World Cup. So, yeah, I mean, you, there is zero excuses on that. Uh, you put yourself in this situation where uh, on a must-win situation in a very, very, very tight group to begin with. So, for that reason, Argentina, you have to do me a favor. and uh, <laughs> hold, hold this out
1: Trevor Tool. who's holding out for you this week?
0: So, when you guys think of, like, you know, teams that won a lot of games and uh, successful franchise in the NFL, you know, and so when you, th- when you hear a, a slogan like "Win City," what team oh. do you think of? <laughs> you tend to think of, you know, uh, you know, maybe, you know, uh, the Patriots, maybe or, or all, you know, Forty Niners over the years. All these teams that have had, you know, Steelers, the teams that have long franchises of winning a lot of games. The current Chiefs teams, the yeah, uh, well, I mean, apparently the Las Vegas Raiders tend to think that "Win City" is something that. You know, falls right in line with their mentality and what they do, what they do on the football field. <clears throat> I did not know this, but at the beginning of the year, the Las Vegas Raiders uh, filed a trademark application for the for the slogan "Win City." Um, the filing indicates that the the Raiders plan to use "quote unquote" Win City as the slogan for the team and to sell it on merchandise. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I've yet to see any Win City chants, Win City scarves, Win City hoodies, Win City. Hats when city anything um, this year for the Raiders. Um, you know, they, I know they had high hopes uh, heading into this year with the acquisition of Ed, uh, Devontae Adams, and uh, you know, and their and their surprise playoff berth last year, um, and their surprise little run they had going on, which was honestly impressive. And I gave them their kudos. Derek Carr played well down the stretch, and you know, they had a lot of you know possible possibly good momentum in Juju heading into this next season with the you know arguably getting the best wide receiver in the game to join them. Uh, and they have this beautiful new Allegiant Stadium, which is incredible. They have a uh, you know, for some reason one of the maybe the most loyal fan base in American sports. Raiders fans, they just continue just uh, I don't know it's uh, some kind of fetish, you know, to keep putting themselves <laughs> through this kind of pain. Um, but kudos to them, they stick around, you know. Um, but for some reason they they thought that when city uh, sounded like a, a fitting uh, maybe a little premature. Slogan for the team this year or, or ever, uh, or at least in the last 30 years or so. So, um, yeah, like I, like I said, I'll reiterate I have not yet seen any uh, merchandise for the Raiders saying win city. Maybe I'm out of the loop on that. Uh, yet to, I know a lot of Raiders fans. I, I play fantasy football with a lot of Raiders fans. I've yet to hear any win city chants. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, between just win and win city, uh, Las Vegas Raiders have to do me a favor because they haven't done any of that. Do me a solid favor and hold, hold this. L, down. not this win. Yeah, <laughs> no dubs.
1: Uh, so the Bills beat the Lions this week, twenty-eight twenty-five. Absolute nail biter in that one. Game. Fun game, good yeah. game. Uh, I don't honestly know. I was watching this game. I was sitting here going, "I which Which one of these teams is an eight-win team? And the other team's a four-win team? Like I, I couldn't tell because they were neck and necking. Uh, I couldn't tell who was the Preseason prohibitive favorite to win MVP was it Josh Allen or Jared Goff because Jared Goff had just good of the game uh, despite some blunders he had an opportunities to win Let's that see. game uh, serious side of things obviously Vaughn Miller uh, went down with a knee injury it doesn't look good in fact I'm I'm Pretty much assuming he's going to be gone for the rest of the year. His given his age, his previous ACL injuries, um, one of my favorite players over the last ten years. I love that guy. He was a Bronco before, so I saw him twice a year, and I still love the guy. He's just yeah. a surefire first battle Hall of Famer. So I wanted to put that out there first and foremost. But th- the guy I want to target is the is the quarterback for the for the Bills, and I know everybody loves uh, when I get Jesus to talk about. Too. Mr. Josh Allen cuz you know I'm obsessed you know over him and Bills Mafia just absolutely loves me. So We're Bills totally Mafia, there. if you're watching, uh, you know, you're going to enjoy these uh these next few minutes here. So, I remember, and I am old enough to remember, that Josh Allen was in this coming into this season, everyone was talking to him, and I mean almost everybody, as the best quarterback in the league, the MVP favorite, the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl, all this other shit, right? Well, I look at sample size, and I go off of that, and I like to look at those things, and I like to criticize or praise people for those very reasons and what your results and what production you've put up. Last five games, Josh Allen is completing fewer than 60% of his passes. He's averaging 241 passing yards. He has six passing touchdowns with seven interceptions and a 76 quarterback rating. Has lost his team multiple games, lost the first seed. I know they're at the top of the AFC East right now. That's only because the Dolphins haven't played yet, and they're about to wallop the Houston Texans and take back the one seed. Josh Allen has been a detriment to his team this season, and with the injuries they're now facing, that's a real problem, especially when they're not a team that's known to run the ball with any succession. Especially when you look at the fact that the rest of the schedule the Bills have is the hardest remaining schedule in the NFL. In fact, look at the pass defenses they have to play for the remaining of the schedule. They play the fifth ranked passing defense in the Jets, the seventh ranked passing defense in the Bengals, the 13th ranked pass defense in the Bears, the 15th ranked New England Patriots twice. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then they have to face even the Dolphins, as bad as they've been on defense for the majority of the season. They're the top 20. They're a top 20 pass defense in this league with Xavier Howard and those guys. So they're the worst passing defense the Bills have remaining on their schedule. And Josh Allen is banged up, and he's been throwing the football to the other team far more than he's been throwing to his own teammates when it comes to touchdowns, to interceptions. It's the facts. Look guys, you can get mad at me, you can say whatever you want, you can make memes, you can do all that stuff, and I love it, and bring it on, I love that stuff, it makes me feel better about myself, and how much I matter to y'all, but you know what should matter to you more, is the fact that your quarterback that had all this expectation, and was drawing all these comparisons to Patrick Mahomes, who I don't know, has actually won meaningful games, and has actually won those awards y'all just want to crown Josh Allen on, he's the one that is struggling the most. As bad and as banged up as your defense has been, as bad and as banged up as some of your second, some of your guys on the offensive side and the offensive line especially has been, they have not been the reason why you guys lost to the Vikings. They were not the reason you lost to the Jets when Zach Wilson, who just got benched, outplayed your quarterback. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at your guy. Demand more from him. That's all I got to say about. Oh no, wait. I have more to say. Do me a favor, Josh Allen, and hold oh, this man. L. Obsess my ass. Well, obsess that. Obsess that L. <laughs> This has been a great show. This is a fluid show. Flew by, my God, uh, less than two hours. I think that's the first time we've done that in like two and a half, three months. Yeah. But hey, when Mexico's playing, man, we 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 know the rules here. We know how this goes. It's been a fun-filled show, Eddie. I appreciate the the FIFA breakdown, the, the World Cup. I'm looking forward to this game. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, watching. hopefully Mexico gets this victory, man. I'm I'm rooting for my guy Messi, but I, I want to see Mexico get that victory. Uh, I appreciate all you guys, man, for 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 uh, participating all this, for subscribing, for commenting, chiming in, man. Our our platform has blown up. And I really appreciate it. That's all you guys. That's credit to you guys for joining us on The spoken and on Facebook and on Twitter. We really do appreciate all the feedback. Whether you guys are fans of ours or not fans of ours, we appreciate the feedback because it makes us realize how important this show is to a lot of people and what we do here. And it's important to us as well. So we definitely wanted to thank you guys for all that. So for Trevor Twoodwell for Eddie Ortiz, and for the great Clay Wendler that puts all this together on the back end of things, go subscribe to Red trap Cinema as well, guys. It's incredible work that he does each and every year, each and every week when the Chiefs get a victory. I'm Lance Woodwell. Episode 194 of the Spoken Podcast is done, finished, infinito, until we're here for 195 to talk about the Chiefs versus the Bengals in Cincinnati. We out of this bitch. Hey,